morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, Michael. Christopher. Oh. I'm just waiting for Joe. Mm-hmm. He's probably choking on some Gatorade. It probably is. There's Powerade. The only reason I can't do Powerade is because I had to drink that with my colonoscopy. (laughs) So it's like... Bad bad memories. Yeah, it's a little too... I'll still have it every now and then, but it gives me flashbacks. Because that's what I used to drink the crap with, mixed with with Powerade. Oh, me too. Yeah. You're talking about like when you have to get a colonoscopy? Yeah. Yeah, me too. So I, I liked it because it was a lot sweeter, but now they've 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 uh, salted it up. <laughs> yeah, you need your electrolytes. I guess every yeah. every time Mike has it now, his sphincter puckers up. That's <laughs> that's right. That's because it's getting desiccated from all them electrolytes. <laughs> it, it doesn't pucker up; it loosens up. It just gets. Oh, okay. I, I would have thought it'd be the opposite <laughs> in reaction to to what you anticipate. Ha- no, it, no, it's like just get in there and get out. I'm letting oh, okay. you in. Yeah, get in and get out. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> no reason to fight it. Yeah. He has an open door policy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Find those pallops and get out. Oh, it's gracious. I, I just remember my doc said, man, you did some good prep work. I'm like, that's what my doc work. said, too. He said, wow, you got you were clean. Yeah, I said, yeah, I flushed it all out. I, don't think I, I, I think they think have some know. people that are not as disciplined. That's the problem. Oh, I'm sure it's because yeah. it, it is kind of hard. Like, that's well, got to be a dirty job, huh? Oh, yeah. It it sucks. You're literally on the crapper for like what twenty hours almost. Yeah, it's right about up. twenty. It's about twenty four hours where you're just yeah. You can't keep non-stop. anything down. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not fun. And you can't eat anything either. Like no. you, yeah, I you think could I'm have, just gonna skip it. The, the I I wouldn't. Happen? What's what? the word? Can, cancer. Yeah. It's you should get it done. It's, it's hey, not, we're all gonna go sometime. They um. They uh, recently changed the recommendation to to 45. 45? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm way overdue. You should just do it. It's not that bad. I, I, I got I got mine done at 45 because we had family history, so well, I was able to get mine early anyway. Oh. Yeah. I took I took mine late. I think I took it at 51. I'm 51 now. So. But uh, and then it's um. What is it? If they don't find anything, it's another. It's ten years. It's if they don't find anything, it's ten. If they find something like a pal up, it's five. So I have to go yeah. back in five. Or if you have family history, it's five. So yeah, I'll be yeah back. you gotta be. Yeah, be I'll careful. be back at fifty. So yeah. But those pal ups are what they, if they find them, they're the, they're what could turn to cancer. So you should remove them early. Right. It's better removing them early than finding out later on. That's what you say. Well, I, it's like the mass I had removed wasn't, it ended up not being anything, but it, you always run a risk anytime you have something that's not supposed to be there that it can turn. No, I, obviously I'm being, I'm being a wise ass, but you know, there is that part of me that is always fearful. Like if I don't go, then I, then I don't know, then there's nothing wrong. I don't, yeah. I don't ever think about it. 
Yeah, but you don't want to be like Lemmy who like goes to the doctor and then one day, like I think within like two days of being diagnosed, he was dead. So you want to be able to get your life in order, you know, Yeah. if you do find something, I think. I don't know. That's just me. It's not, it's not a big deal. It really isn't. No, the prep work's not fun. The the procedure's nothing. Mm. It's super easy. I'm not worried about the procedure. You get knocked out, right? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, and, and, in the wind for a minute. That's about it. But you don't, you you don't, you don't remember any of it. Like, no. yeah. Is it normal to wake up and you see the doctor rebuttoning his pants? <laughs> oh boy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I woke up in the room with a nurse oh, and my boy. wife. So uh, it was, it was, you probably wake up with whoever's your driver and like whoever's your attending to you at the moment. You, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I remember waking up and I was like, is it too early? Like, I'm scared to open my eyes. Like, <laughs> like, I, I just don't want to know. So I like, like squinted a little bit to see if I see anything and I saw Barb. So I was like, Oh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the was it that uh, Anakin Skywalker um, Hayden Christensen did that movie about being awake during surgery and I think it's ruined all of us forever. Yeah, you know? that'd be a nightmare. Didn't see that. So why why do you need somebody to drive you home? Because you're, you're kind of groggy when you wake up. You, you are. Your 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 drug anesthesiology is not good. It yeah. knocks you out. Like I wasn't supposed to drive for 24 hours after the. Uh, mouth surgery i had and it's pretty normal after you've been under that they don't want you to drive for a while yeah oh gotcha okay because it's it stays yeah. in the system you're yeah, you're you're, a, you're, um, you're aware of stuff it's just you're not a hundred percent reflex yeah well. yeah your yeah. reflexes aren't chris what were you saying um i had him i had him I, I, went, I had surgery where I was um, I went under for the first time a few years ago where I had a mess removed from my leg and um, yeah it was one it's like the anesthesia it's it's interesting because they talk about it's like going to sleep but it's it's actually I, I found it to not be like falling asleep at all it's like um, because you don't dream or anything like that so it just you have no consciousness of passage of time where you like kind of when you sleep you kind of know the yeah, time you, has you passed. Know, like if, you can even tell if you woke up late right and stuff yeah you know? yeah, yeah it's Whereas like a it's, yeah, it's, it's a blank like, spot in your history like what just yeah, happened just, yeah yeah no, i've been under anesthesia once and it was just like turning out the like one minute i was a, a, awake and then that was it but when i woke up i was i i was awake I was yeah. like wide, yeah, totally it's... wide awake, but I didn't drive. I mean, I didn't drive home. I bet it's like yeah. RoboCop, man. Because isn't that what happened? He died, and then all of a sudden they're like turning him on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's basically what happens. Yeah, but uh, yeah, driving afterwards is not good. Probably not, huh? So, Mike, before we get going, did you did you remove all those um? All those goddamn newspapers out of your yeah, database? Yeah, that was the first thing yeah. I did. Me too. Well, when I saw the updating, I was like, yes, this has got to be it. Like, <laughs> Me too. This has got to be because it reduces the time, like, dramatically. My God, it was taking update. so long, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I don't want the newspapers. I mean, 
it's cool if I collected newspapers, but the only newspaper I have is that DC one, the mm-hmm. the the one that they made the weekly newspaper oh, strip is that, of. That shows up under newspapers. Well, I I think it's still under comics too. Yeah, they should just leave it there. But I I selected that option if I <clears throat> if I don't have it in stock, just remove it. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but yeah, yeah it's, I thought it's that a was lot great. faster. So much faster. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, did that last week, and this week with the update, it was re- really quick. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I vectored like my interest back to the Charlton characters. So like I, I finished Judo Master, and I finished uh-huh. Son of Vulcan, and now I'm working on uh, finishing Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. So. It's so it's so funny that you say that because I've got a um got one of the comics that I'm going to cover today is is kind of in line with that but I went to um Queen City yesterday cuz I noticed when I go for the, just my monthly or my weekly stuff they've got all these boxes out there that are you know a dollar each <clears throat> so I went yesterday just to go through them and uh first it was slow going it looked like it was pretty much it was it was all DC I was but I was finding very few of things that I didn't already already own uh, found one or maybe three three things, and then I got to the independence, and I I'm very close to having a full <clears throat> run of Wildcats now after after yesterday. Yeah, that's um, cool. They had they had a ton. They had a ton, and I got um previous to this, I had one through seven of Savage Dragon, number two hundred, and then number two hundred and fifty and up. Yeah, and uh, I got about ten issues of, of that. I managed to get like over 50 um, comics and they had a, a deal where if you get 50, um, it's 35 bucks instead of a dollar mm. each. So, so I did that. So yeah, I got big stack of comics yesterday. That's cool. Yeah. I like, I like getting stuff like that. I, I still have to fi- fi- finish some of my wildcats. Like I, I have all of volume one and partially some of the other volumes, like when they were purchased by DC. But not all of it. Yeah, I'm trying to go for that first, just concentrating on that first volume at, at, at this point. But, I mean, I needed a lot, and I must have gotten more than 20 issues yesterday. Yeah. Um. So now I think I have probably need less than 10 issues total Um. to get and I, I'm enjoying the like heck out of the – yeah, I'm enjoying the heck out of the new series. Like, I – I really look forward to it. Like, because it, <laughs> it's, it's quite like all it, isn't it? it's, it's totally quite it's quite it's quite it's quite different DC. with the exception of uh, Grifter and Zealot, you know, like and the mm-hmm. the guy that runs the company. But a lot of the other stuff, like the Gen thirteen characters, they're like totally different. Totally different. Yeah, yeah. because like Caitlin, but, it, but it's but it's Caitlin's, very interesting Caitlin, that it's all DC related. Yeah, now I I I kind of like the idea that like Caitlin's a little girl and then she turns and you know like she grows yeah. like it's crazy. I was like when I was reading the comic, I didn't really notice that was happening, and then I was like, why does she look so weird in this one frame? Like because <laughs> like, like I think it was like Grifter like threw her over his shoulder or something like that, and I was uh-huh. like. She kind of looks like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I really am liking that series a lot. Cool. 
I pulled back. Guys, I'm 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 actually doing it. Mike, it doesn't seem like you're doing very well at, at cutting back on your on your comic book purchases. No, I've cut back. Like I, I, I went from fourteen hundred dollars to to like seven hundred, eight hundred and I've been consistent. Oh, that's good. But but this next previews, man, Savage Dragon hardcover and and, and the Megaton stuff, oh my god, yeah. like that's that that Hopefully I have you'll to get have. close to fifty percent off of those though, and they're not too expensive. Yeah, they're but like those one, those ones will shoot me to like the you know the that's almost like eighty dollars for both or ninety for both, so that's almost like an additional hundred bucks that I wasn't planning yeah. on. So <clears throat> well, I pulled back with last month's order big time on Marvel. Um. Still getting my X-Men stuff from Queen City. Still getting some of the stuff that I really like um, through DCBS, She-Hulk, um, you know, the Steve Rogers, Captain America, uh, a couple other ones. But other than that, I'm writing them all down. And in a month or two, I will start in on Marvel Unlimited and actually start reading a ton of stuff on digital now. Yeah, I just wish they it. had the. I had. I wish they had the DC model with. At least the three months and not the six, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but the DC, DC the, I can't. DC, I, can't I actually. Get, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You no, go. DC actually just shows up. It seems like it's almost like when the comic comes out, it's almost like there. See, and for me, like I I haven't renewed that the DC one because I can't bring myself to not buy so much of it that I, I'm I'm basically I'm trying to save money, so I'm not gonna get the subscription and continue to buy all the comics physically <clears throat> i would have to start cutting back on the physical stuff but there's like i really enjoy so much of it that i and i actually want them so yeah. until i can start really cutting back on what i need to actually own i i won't go to the dc what is it called is it dc Infinite? ultimate is that what it's called? yeah I, I don't remember what it's called but you know they're 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 digital service um uh, you know, maybe I can I can get there at some point, but right now I I can't. And I wish that some of those other one services like I wish Image had something like that or whatever. Yeah, the I only one the only ones that I really like I really get itchy and I it bothers me that I'm not getting them anymore are the Star Wars books mm. uh, and um, the uh, Epic collections. <laughs> those are the ones <laughs> that are like psychologically like God. I wish I could get them but yeah i really like the the star wars stuff but i don't have any problem at all just transitioning to digital for them i've even thought well what if i just get star wars darth vader and afra which are like the you know the core books mm -hmm. but I, yeah i just said well if you do that then you're gonna want to get han solo you're gonna want to get yoda <laughs> so it's like no I've, i i have been good I, I did do the Lazarus thing. Like, I, I told myself I was going to sit down Lazarus, but at the comic shop, I picked it up, and I'm glad I did because I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was fascinating that, you know, like it's raining uh, Lazarus juice all over the planet. <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> I'm with you on the Power Girl thing, though. I, wrote, I saw what you wrote about not liking her. New power. I'm kind yeah, of, it's I'm it's the only one. It's the only one in action that I'm not like enthused. Like I love Power Girl, and I've loved right. almost every incarnation. But this one, 
Even though they like Omen was a Titan, right? Yeah. And and like when I was reading Action, I was like, who? Because I hadn't read Lazarus yet, and I was like, who is this? Like they didn't even <laughs> name name her until like the very last three pages or something like that. I was like, who is this? It looks like Poison Ivy, but it's it's definitely not. But yeah, it doesn't feel like the Power Girl that I've always, you know, enjoyed. Even the Earth, yeah. you know, like when it was uh, Earth. What was uh, Tom Taylor doing? Earth Two. Earth Two, yeah. Yeah. And then there was like World's Finest featuring Power Girl and the Huntress and. Yeah. Yeah, and Palmiotti and Amanda Connors, Power Girl and JSA. Yeah, I, I kind of like miss her, but and I I think that power <laughs> that power ability is not a good one. Like, but I it seems like all the stuff with the Lazarus Rain is could be like temporary based on yeah, what I'm I, reading. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's more temporary, but you've been getting you've been getting a lot of interesting back issues whether it was those like you got some old x-men you've gotten all those charlton ones oh yeah that was a that was an aaron myers like twelve hundred dollar purchase that just came in and all at once that i that i that i got but i've sort of cooled it since then uh-huh and i'm i'm kind of being like because i i'll like see old comics and i'm like well i can go down this rabbit hole and then i just leads me to more rabbit holes and i said God, maybe I should just stay stay on target with some of this stuff. <laughs> so, uh, like, I got really into the Charlton, and I've always wanted to complete the Charlton. So, like, I, I think I'm going to work on that for a while. Focus on the, the Doom Patrol. That'll be good. Yeah. I'm going to try, but every now and then he, he posts something that, like, I really, really want. But lately, it's always been like Thor and X Men, and I'm getting to the point where I almost have everything. So, yep. What about Joe and, and Chris? How how's your comic book purchases been? I I've cut way back. Um, I've when uh, I think when I started my new position, I just don't have. One, as much time to read at home. And two, I read so much at work now that I just, when I get home, I don't want to necessarily grab something to read. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been easier to cut back a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm down to bare minimum on, like, uh, Marvel. And um, I'll have, what I will do, I'll, like, cut back, cut back, cut back on uh, something like Image. And then the number ones will roll in. Then I'll go, oh crap, and then I'll have to like do a back back issue order. But <laughs> uh, I, I pretty much keep the, I've kept the same with DC. I, I get the core stuff I've always got with it, and if I'm going to spend money, um, that's usually where I'm doing uh, back issues. I just I don't have the time to go shop that much anymore these days. So if I get something, uh, I'll uh, I'll hit a hit a half price books or something, and I'll just. Uh, I, I'll be in, in the stacks as long as my kids will allow me before they start tugging. Because I'm, I'm yeah. you know, <laughs> it's hard it, to when, do. <laughs> you know, when when you got children in a bookstore, it's hard to really browse. So I'm like, well, I want to work on Superman, so I just go to the Superman section and that's what, brrr, try to get as much there before they pull me off and have me looking through like piles of Skylanders or something, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, that's actually the reason why I went back yesterday on Saturday to the store because the kids were at a birthday, a friend's birthday party. So I'm like, perfect. I'm going to go to the comic book store and, and look through the, actually have time to look through those boxes. Because it's like you said, never have, I mean, I haven't bought back issues in forever until yesterday. It's the best time to do it is when you're by yourself or with you're with someone who's like-minded. Um, yeah. I used to have a friend who lived in town. She moved away. We would, uh, after work, sometimes run up to uh, the store, you know, real quick before they would close and just grab some back issues. And um, A, I'm not at the museum anymore. And B, they've moved away. So I almost never get over there because they always close like when I'm getting off of work at the library. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just hard to get over to the store. And that's sad because there's like so many. I'm I'm lucky to live in a town with so many of them. But if we're out of town, like I say, I hit a half price books every time I can because we just don't have them around here. Yeah, uh, tr- try to take advantage. Got a bunch of bunch of Supermans this last trip. Some of them, uh, some of them good. We might talk about one of them today. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Chris, you've pretty much cut back to be all like Hoopla and digital, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I have a. I, I, I'm maintaining my zero dollar <laughs> budget. <laughs> um, yeah, which has been fine. I, I'm not. Every once in a while, I, I look at solicitations just to see what the publishers are doing out of curiosity. Which you guys just made me do that. I was taking a look at. Uh, um. I just just now found out about this Dawn of DC stuff that they're doing, which just seems interesting. It seems like they're trying to publish something other than uh, Batman comics, so that's nice. Yeah, it seems like they're getting to the core. Like you're gonna have Green Arrow and a lot of other, a lot of Superman books because we're gonna have mm-hmm. Steelworks pretty soon. And I, Action Comics is actually going back to like an anthology, like the way it did in the was it the 90s and 2000s. So uh yeah, yeah but not as not as drastic in that there's you know it's still mostly superman but then in the back you know it sounds like they're going to rotate some some stuff Yeah um, but it's been like you know superman family I, I find it interesting that they're doing like young john kent I like that I mm-hmm. I like that a lot because that that is an area that they could really explore a lot more you know and uh, dig out that stuff, and then have you have Lee Weeks on art? Oh, God, that's great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been enjoying the Donna DC. I I hope they can maintain some of their titles, and I hope Wildcats exists, and we have some kind of presence from Wildstorm, and it doesn't just fade to the background. Yeah, agreed. And Miles Milestone, I hope they hope. They stay around too. Even have you read it's... the? Have you read that new uh, Icon versus Hardware yet? Not yet. I think I, it's, I, it, I, it I hasn't have. shipped yet in my box for some reason. It's on my next what? shipment. The, yeah. Even the first issue? Yeah, Icon versus Hardware. It's weird. Yeah. Mine came quite a while ago. Maybe mine was damaged and they re- replaced it. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. What'd, it was, it what'd was you good, think though. of it? I, I liked it a lot. Because reading the solicitations, it sounds like 
they're going to try to slowly work it at least like to it's like a parallel universe with the DC. It sounds like maybe. I hope that's the case. I, I'd rather Milestone and Wildcats be separate. Like I, I don't want them to be together. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. it sounds like from what I read, it's it's going to be separate, but it's going to be like Earth Two used to be, where like yeah. you might have crossovers. I, yeah. I believe they're Earth ninety three. Okay. Okay. I and like the, that. Oh, and the original Milestone is also a separate Earth, Earth nineteen ninety three. <laughs> because right? I just read the 30th uh, anniversary special and it got into the the new version that you know has appeared in the past couple of years meeting up with the original versions um, back from the 90s so it actually listed Earth 93 and Earth 1993 that is one of those things I have all but stopped buying the $10 books from DC just because I don't know I just feel like it's so it's so hit or miss, and with 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 ten dollars, I don't want to spend ten bucks and like only like maybe a third of the stories. So I've, I've I, even though I'll get tempted, I'll, I try not to get them anymore. I think I, the last I one I got was the Sergeant Rock. Yeah, the art and the writing is just—it's very hit or miss. I, I did it because it's a milestone, so I got sure. that one. But they usually have one a quarter for like the seasons and stuff. Right. I, I don't I don't pick those up anymore. It's just it's just too pricey. And yeah, I, I, I don't I don't pick up money. the themed ones anymore. But yeah, uh, and and the the ones that are like oh it's springtime and it's this. Yeah, I don't do yes. I don't do that. I'll read them on the app, but. Um, well, I'm I'm, I'm milestone, dumb. Every time I get one, I'm like, oh, it'll be better this time, and 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 they never are, you know. I'll be like, but this one has Sergeant Rock, and and the, Rock, <laughs> and the Sergeant Rock story's okay, and then the rest of it's weren't weren't. I'm like, dang it, they conned me again. You know? That's why so, yeah. I thought Lazarus Planet would be, but I liked it a lot more. It's weird. I was like, well, I'll sit Lazarus Planet out and just read the bookends. So I'll read Alpha and Omega. Because That's what that, I did. That, that, that was that was Mark Wade. Right. And I found that I liked, I, I was so so on the Alpha and Omega, but I liked everything in between. So nice. it was, yeah, it was it was the opposite. It was complete opposite of most Marvel events. Like, read the main thing, and then you know the other stuff. Don't you know you necessarily need to read? I felt the opposite with Lazarus Planet, but Lazarus Planet to me was like a sampler. Um. It, it really was, wasn't it? it, it yeah, it was, it's introducing all the new uh, Asian uh, books, and uh, you know, it had the Power Girl, and they they did something with Mercy, which is very interesting. I wonder if that'll keep uh, Lex Luthor's uh, female henchman. <laughs> but well, uh, I'll, I'll have to get the trade because I'll be honest with you, Mike. When I saw the solicit on there, and I saw like. 10 artists and writers i just assumed it was going to be another one of those things and where i'm like eh, i'm gonna skip it well so they, if it's they were, worth getting i'll, I'll grab the well there were a it. lot of writers that i was like who are these people right but i really thought like whoever they got was like they understood who the characters were like i i i i was like i'm surprised i i was happily surprised in other words um the other one that was really important, especially if you've been following Robin and uh, and uh, the Deathstroke thing, the Shadow War, is 
they have a flatline story that is very important in one of those Lazarus. If you're a flatline fan, I like I, flatline too. Oh, I I lo- I, lo- I love yeah. flatline. So when she showed up in this one, it had a short in there that was really important. So like I was like really happy that that happened. And I, you know they had a the huntress. They had introduced the unstoppable June Patrol. Um, there was all kinds of stuff. I'm excited for the Doom Patrol group. The Ram V one that he's kicking off. The whoever the artist was, man, that person can draw. Like because you you know how sometimes they draw like Nightwing and stuff flipping. There's this uh, Asian like ninja warrior female that they he just draws very fluid like all the motions like. She's just running all over, you know, Red Hood. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I liked it a lot. There was a lot of cool surprises. But it could have been in the mood I was in. I don't know. Sometimes mood drives a lot of of uh, how you enjoy something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And I just marshaled through, like, La- Lazarus Planet La- yesterday. I'll tell you, my favorite of the before I forget about it, of the ones where I pu- just pulled the, oh man, I'm gonna have to go back and get the back issues. Um, It's the one that Dark Horse is doing, Kyle Starks, about the serial killer neighborhood. I've read two issues of it, and it is fabulous. Uh, it's where monsters lie, where monsters maybe? lie, yeah. Kyle oh Starks. yeah, that's cool, isn't it? It is so good. So yeah. that's one of my highest recommendations of the indie books out now, where I'm like, dang it, because it was a victim of the cutbacks. And um, well, for us, like, Kyle Starks is like a must get. So yeah, for it, geek, it's, like it's, a it's, geek brunch, me and me, me and Bill are always, oh, that's Kyle Starks. We'll just get it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of my favorite of the the more recent ones I've I've picked up. So yeah, that was really yeah, I thought so too. I, it's been very good so far. But see, Mike, I felt that way about James uh, Tynan, Tinian, Tynan, whatever, uh, until this UFO went in. I'm not feeling it. I haven't read the UFO one, but I'm looking forward to it because I, I, I thought it was I based story, on but I, true I like instances. So yeah. I'm more it, it felt very in... much like you were getting like a nibble of a sandwich and then they change gears for me. And I just am like, and it, um, I think uh, I think it'll probably improve, but that first issue just didn't catch me. So well, I've heard other people say that too, I, but I, I actually liked it and I liked the backup. The backup the, I actually uh, enjoyed much better. Pony Island stuff. And I looked them I up. I'm like, is this stuff real? And I looked them up. I'm like, yeah, those are all true stories. Yeah, that's why yeah. I'm interested in that. So, like, Tynan I, I like a lot, but, you know, I skipped a, a couple of his stuff. So I, I didn't I didn't buy Wind. I, 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 like, bought the first one, but I didn't continue with it. So, no, yeah, yeah, my I, wife reads that one. Yeah. Did you guys uh, kickstart the uh, gold key resurgence with Boris Karloff? I'm debating it. I did not. Not I, yet. I did, but it's probably a big waste of money because I'm assuming that's probably going to end up in previews for half of the cost. Yeah, that's why I was I was leery of it because it looked like it. By the time I looked at it again, it's already like ten grand past the initial goal. So I'm like, yeah, it's getting made. As long I, as- I, I think they even said that like it will be in there just with a different cover. Like so, basically, you're getting a special cover out of it by going through 
Gotcha. Is it is it reprinting the Boris Korloff or is it new? No, material? it's all brand new. It's going to be brand brand new stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what that UFO book reminded me of. Is it reminded me of those old uh, gold key comics? But the main difference being that you don't get a complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. th- but it, I felt like it definitely had that vibe where. Uh, what was it? Ripley's Believe It or Not. I've read a bunch of those old ones where you know yeah. it'll be a little story. Uh, tell about something weird and yeah it actually supposedly did happen i mean maybe like for that the blue book you know maybe you'd be better served just hanging on to them and then reading them once the the four issues is over with you know yeah might be i I don't like it better enough uh, or or or, or or stick to the trade. In other words, if we if 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 if, if rob comes back and says well you know it's got better if you didn't like the first issue then you can right. go and read it but you know if you've anyone if you've ever read anything about ufos and stuff like that you probably already know the story right. about those two people because it's super famous but mm-hmm. i'm i'm enjoying reading it anyhow it's i don't know i i i like that kind of stuff all right you want to kick this off and who wants to go first i can go first all right. I was gonna start with one of the Supermans, and then I was doing my um, my uh, Batman reading, and I actually found one I liked, just actually a pinch better. Uh, I've been doing a read of uh, No Man's Land, and um, minus the detective issues, which I don't have, so a lot of these I'm getting like half a story because it'll be, you'll get a lot of one-offs, but you also get a lot of starts in legends finishing shadows and a lot of starts in batman finishing detectives but luckily this one is a one and done um this is uh batman legends of the dark knight number 124 from december of 99 and it's a chuck dixon joint um so we start there's this fella he's uh trying to buy his way out of gotham and of course, nobody can leave Gotham right now, with the exception uh, there was one issue there that a uh, penguin helped a train of orphans ram through a barricade so that they could get some treatments. But outside of that, nobody's really gotten in or out, unless you're Superman. Um, so anyway, this guy, he's like, uh, you know, you can get out of town. I'll help you get out of town, but you got to give me enough money. So he brings in a. Uh, a cash box just full of like jewels and watches and literal cash. And so he's like, okay, you're out of here. So two guards uh, walk him down a hallway and open a door and throw him in and say, and they go say hello to the world. He falls flat on his face and he's like, what's going on? And actually they didn't get him out of Gotham. They got him into a pit of, people who have basically turned into the living dead and um they've turned into cannibals i'm i'm not sure how that works so basically you either get eaten or you turned into an eater i'm guessing so it's just this like underground dungeon kind of thing where um everybody knew's getting eaten but at some point i'm sure some of them had to have survived and turned into the cannibals but whatever so this guy's offering a way out but it's not a real way out uh, Batman hears about it, and he's looking for a, a guy, Danny Flowers, and and he's talking to a guy. He's like, nobody's seen him. He's like, where'd he go? Well, there's a guy who can get you out of town. Danny went to try to get out, and Batman's like, that's impossible. There's no way this is real. So um, he gets the guy to talk, and 
he figures out where this guy is at. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to go to this, uh, this place, figure out how this works, what's going on. Why are these people disappearing? Cause obviously they can't really get out of Gotham city. So he goes to, uh, the phantom trading company is what it's called. And, um, there's an old lady and she's trading uh, 20 grand for a jar of creamy peanut butter. And because um, that's, you know, how bad things are at in no man's land. And so this little old lady's like shuffling off with her peanut butter. And uh, someone walks up who looks vaguely familiar, except now his hair's a lot longer. And uh, he says, I heard you sell get cards, one way tickets. Oh, yeah. Who wants to know? Matches, matches Malone. So. <laughs> He's in the Matches Malone guys, but he's got long hair. And I don't remember Matches ever having long hair. That wasn't the thing, was it? No, I, not that I remember. I always thought he was like kind of clean cut, generic guy with like a mustache. But anyway, so he uh, he said he'd been saving for a rainy day and he gives him two huge piles of cash. And he's like, is that going to be enough money? And he's like, sure. And he says, well, I'll also give you this gun. And it's like a... A 24 karat gold inlay with ivory handles. I know nothing about guns, so but the guy's impressed with it. He's like, yeah, I'll take that. You're not going to need it where you're going anyway. So same situation as before. Two guys are walking uh, matches down the hall. They open the door. They kick him in. And you see the, uh, the bones that matches lands in. And then once again, there's these kind of living dead people. And... Uh, Matches is, I can help you. I can help you get out of here. And they're all just kind of, meat, 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 meat. And so everybody's attacking him. But that's okay, because he's Batman. So he just, he beats up a bunch of walking cadavers who are probably barely alive because they've been surviving on uh, uh, the infrequent human who uh, this guy is basically feeding them. Um, So we go back to... uh, uh, Danny and we're uh, looking at like this garden he had planted and he's got like basically slaves uh, in there working this garden because that's the other way he can make money is, you know, not just by these fake tickets out of town, but by selling food or creamy peanut butter. Um, and then we see more of these uh, people kind of like chasing matches and it, he falls into uh, a pit, but jumps back out as the Batman because that's how he works. Um, the, uh, other thing of interest while, uh, our guy who, uh, is conning all these people falls asleep, his girlfriend decides to rob him and she finds his cash box and she's like, where's the combination? And the idiot has literally got it taped on the bottom with masking tape, the combination and really big numbers. So this well, guy that way he won't lose it. Nobody will lose it. So <laughs> he's a, he's a real genius. <laughs> um, Batman, of course, busts out. He goes and uh, confronts the guy who stupidly tries to fight him off. Uh, Batman lets out all the people who've been previously eating people. And it ends with uh, the guy arrested, the people who had eaten people, <laughs> arrested by the cops. And um, the girlfriend going, hey, can I trade these jewels for a loaf of bread or a can of fruit? This was a really dark friggin' issue. And um, I don't know. I I am sure all of you have read No Man's Land. This is my first experience with it. Um, much like the these anthology type books, I think some of it's been hit or miss. 
uh, for me. Some stories I get really engaged with and some of them I'm just kind of like, eh. Uh, to me, it almost has like a Clone Saga vibe where I think they let it go on a pinch too long. Because I'm just, every time I, I pull out seven issues to do that week's worth of Batman, I'm just like, how much longer are these going to have... Um, you know, the No Man's Land uh, logo on the side. And I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like it's been a long, long journey. So anyway, I liked that one, though. But yeah, it, it got pretty dark. Oh, I always liked the Batman, like, tie-ins that would last yeah, forever. Because I, 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 I would, I I would feel like it. Yeah, I would read them, like, when they came out. Because yeah. I yeah. was in the soap opera, if you will, you know. I wonder if that makes it different when you're reading, like, say, four a month versus, like, I'm doing where I'm reading, like, nothing but that for seven days a week for, you know, I feel like it's been a couple of months now at least. So mm -hmm. I've had nothing but No Man's Land. I'm just like, oh, my God, let's let Superman do something. Like, I, the, <laughs> one I read to today um, uh, had Superman like uh, bursting a rain cloud or seeding a rain cloud or whatever. And of course, Bruce didn't even like that. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Bruce, you gotta, you gotta let him help a little bit. Cause there was like a <laughs> drought too. And he was really mad that Clark was interfering and all. Mm -hmm. Sounds like some major insecurities on that guy's part. You've been pretty much doing best. a Batman a day for a long time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been going on. Uh, if it's not been a year, I'd be surprised. It's gotta be close. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got um, I think I told you guys I got that collection that a, a friend of mine had um, gave me a good deal on like some old ones that were just sitting in the garage. And so I've just been slowly trying to work my way through. And I don't know. I'm down to the final short box. Wow. Oh, there you go. You were really going. Yeah. I, 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 I am impressed, though, that like, I mean, you just have just stuck with that and you just just been going and going and going. I can't yeah, do I that. Did quit, <laughs> I did quit posting the interior pictures sometimes last week because I realized how much that was affecting my uh, my Google uploads. I was like, holy crap, every time I do one of these books, it's not just one picture. It's like five pictures. So, <laughs> what What is a Google upload? To, what do you mean? So, like, it'll, it automatically it uploads it to the cloud unless I go in and manually delete it. It's all just sitting in my Google Cloud for forever. Oh, so it's so, well, it's until you run out of space, right? Aren't they charging it, now for it, space? It, it, that's my point. I don't want to get charged because, like, I got you know four pic extra pictures a day of Batman for like a year and a half. So I've I've quit doing those. But um, unless somebody asks, I can always say, "Hey, this is what the interior looks like." But um, yeah, I I don't know. It it started as a mission and or, or it started as fun and now it's kind of like a mission. It's kind of like I gotta I gotta finish it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For oh no, for sure. Especially since you're so far in. That's awesome. Yeah. I, it gets right into the the Morrison run, and then it kind of peters out. I don't remember exactly where uh, the number is. I've looked it up before, but it goes pretty deep. And it started with, uh, gosh, somewhere right around um, year three, maybe. So it was mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of a lot of Batman books. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done something similar in the past with Batman slash Detective going back and forth and then also Captain America, but right. I might do 50 at a time and then set it aside for a while, move on to something else. Right. And then months later, pick up like the next group. And, but yeah, you've been, you've been pretty, uh, 
pretty disciplined about going through them. Steady yeah, Eddie. I, I, <laughs> well, I will do sometimes I'll get like three or four knocked out in a day, you know, because sometimes you're like, ooh, I don't want to just uh, stop here because, you know, it's like a bad place to stop or whatever, or the story's so engaging you want to keep going. 659, so it'll get up through 2006, so we got seven more years to go. Oh, no, six more years to go, because I'm, no, seven more years to go. God, I can't do math. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm in December 99, so if you count the, if you count uh, the uh, 2000 through 2006, yeah, I basically got to go now. So, so 659, and I'm pretty sure that's a more, it's, nope, that's actually Ostrander and Mandrake. So... But the one before that's in Morrison, so maybe that's just a fill-in or something. I don't know. Anyway, so there you go. That's how how far we got to go still. Cool. So I'll probably be doing more Batman's on this show before it's over with. There you go. Well, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to avoid. You Batman's everywhere, right? Well, that's one thing I think is so funny. People say how bad it is now. I think it's been bad since the 90s because... Oh, I think so, too. Cause if you, you look at uh, was it, uh, Contagion, one of the crossovers before this one, I finally just picked up the trade because I was so lost trying to read it with just the, uh, the Legend Singles. Shadows and um, Batman because <laughs> there was Robin, there was Azrael, it was Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And it was it was at least eight series involved in it, and I was like, I I don't even understand what the bleep's going on, other than <laughs> a bunch of rich rich people in this building, and they're having like an orgy, and they send poison ivy up, and everybody's got the disease. It was freaking bizarre. And then I I read the the issues, and it started making a little more sense. Yeah, uh, or not the issues, but the the trade of the it. The trade. It more sense, yeah. Because I'm like, I don't understand what the heck's going on. Why are they, all these old people screwing around with poison ivy? And well, okay, I get that, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. How did it get to old people screwing around in a building with poison? Do you have the uh, the DC Ultra? I have Infinite. I don't have Ultra. Yeah. Okay. So can you guys tell me the difference? Well, Ultra, you get all the books up to a month, so, and you get Vertigo and a lot of other stuff. And what's the other one? Six months? Uh, three. Three? And what's what's Marvel Unlimited? That's three, right? Six months. Six months. Oh, I thought it was three. Okay. No, six. Six months? Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised they haven't changed that to... Well, they probably like... are the... I, I guess p- their policy is they're the number one provider to comic stores, and they kind of want to give them a six month grace period, I guess. To try to sell yeah. the books. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And yeah, also, I don't know yeah, if it's out you know, after four months, but DC's coming from like the underdog position, so they're doing things to probably try to catch up and catch up with Marvel, whereas Marvel's ahead, so they don't need to you know need to the, the, yeah, the re the reason sense. I was asking Joe is because you were saying like you you get to a point where you don't have the next issue. I, I'm wondering if the app has that, so you can just continue so, it. It does, but it's just not very arc friendly. Do you know what I mean? Where you, it's very uh, dis- no. You 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 have to manage it outside the app, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I wish they, and I think that actually is a thing with Ultra and not with Infinite. I think you can read trades on Ultra. 
Yes, yes, you can. You that is a feature on. And on I the think app. that is that actually is a really cool benefit for something like what I'm doing because you could just automat it would automatically pop in that detective issue for mm-hmm. a read through. Which yeah, it doesn't. I had I'm not always disciplined enough to remember to do that. Mike is the problem. Well, I was just um, that, that's why I was asking. So you don't yeah, mi- theoretically you don't, have, I could. you don't have that hole, you know? Right, right. The but they do have, or at least the infinite does have some holes. Like um, it'll have uh like all the Batman annuals until it doesn't. Because yeah, I, but I think it would have things like Cataclysm and No Man's Land. Yeah, it should. Uh, the the yeah. big events, yeah. Yeah, it should. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And like I say, that's a, that's a me thing where I'm just I'm too lazy to go and write that second go like, okay, I've got a stack of books. Do I want to stop? Go grab the tablet, find that missing one. And, and I then and, and then your screenshots, through. you don't have to worry about Google. You just click it, save it, <laughs> upload it. There you go. That Very is true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do like. I we have thought about. Um, we're gonna see where we're at at the end of the year. Uh, whether we want to switch to Ultra or to, um. If we're going to stick with Infinite. I know, uh, Chris, do you read manga uh, through Hoopla or do you do any of the um, the apps? Um, I have, Hoopla doesn't really have that much. Okay. Um, I haven't been reading anything recently, but um, I have at times had the um, Shonen Jump. Okay. Yeah. Um, I- Kadansh is going to launch one too. I think a lot of their stuff had been comicsology, and now it's going to—they're going to have a similar one like the Shonen Jump one. So I didn't know if that was okay. something you would try out or not. But um, yeah, maybe because yeah. I, I would get frustrated sometimes. Kodansha seemed to like put their stuff in a lot of different places, but it right. would never be the full run of anything. So it'd right. be kind of annoying. Yeah, so they're launching an app, so they're going to figure probably into, like, I'm going to be potentially upwards of four comic apps once that launches, because Jack mostly uses Shonen Jump right now and uh, Comixology for manga, and I'm not going to keep the Comixology forever. Uh, I I just don't really love the way, you don't know what you're getting with it, which is kind of fun and kind of annoying, too. Um, Comixology, you almost have to, like, know what you're looking for you really do i that's the only part i don't like about it like i the main screen really stinks like i wish it was like like a streaming format kind of like all the other three are where you don't have to physically download the entire you know 400 page graphic novel before you can read it as well i don't love that aspect because sometimes you know it's i want to like space yeah it's space and I want to get started on something and I'm like, Oh man, I, I, I got to download this. So I wish they had a little bit more, uh, streaming, streaming uh, kind yeah. of, uh, ability. But so yeah, basically long story short, we'll see if we switch over to ultra, uh, based on how much the Kadansha app cost and, uh, where, how much we're spending each month on the, the services. We usually do do it a year at a time though, which does help. Cause we'll just go ahead and budget in, you know, Marvel Unlimited for this month for this entire year and DC the same way. So we might switch over. Well, you save like 30 bucks or whatever yeah, it is if sense. you do yeah. that. You do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. I can go next if you want. All right. You, you volunteered. What's up? Okay. So um, one of the ones that I got yesterday. So I, I have, I bought some of those impact comics uh, when they, when they Ooh, had come nice. out, but I had not purchased this title and they had seven issues of it. One through six plus issue nine and the annual. So I'm still missing some, but it's ja the Jaguar number one. Cool. Yeah. I, I didn't get any of this at the time. So I'm like, oh, why not? I can go back and pick this up. The female. Um, yeah. 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 Look, looks really cool. Um, it's by uh, William Messner Lobes as the writer and David Antoine Williams. I'm not, I don't know that name. I don't think was the penciler. But anyhow, um, so what we start out at is uh, this um, college student is coming um, from South America, uh, from Brazil, um, to the United States um, to start college there midterm. Um, and she wakes up after a dream of her actually like running through a forest and stuff and kind of chasing down these guys with guns. Uh, back in um, back in the rainforest, she wakes up on the plane and she uh, she starts writing in her in her diary and stuff. Just that she's she's going to Elm Harbor, Michigan. That's where she's going to go to school. And her her father wasn't really um, wanted her to to leave uh, so far from home, but um, she felt like she needed a new experience um, and uh, uh, meet some new friends. Now, in the meantime. There are some really nasty um, girls also on the plane. I don't know where they're coming from, but um, uh, obviously the same place, but I, I'm not sure why they were there, but they're making fun of her accent. Um, they're accusing this. Uh, they're not talking to her. They're talking amongst themselves, but basically saying, you know, why doesn't she learn English? And um, then they find out that she's going to the same university that they are and they're they're pissed off about that too. And they're whispering and being catty um, behind her back. <clears throat> so anyhow, she, she gets, uh, she gets off the plane and she's got her luggage. She thought she'd be able to walk to the university and it's pretty far away and she's got all that luggage. Uh, she, a uh, cab driver stops. And first I thought maybe the, this guy was going to take advantage of her situation and like overcharge her or something, but um, no, he's, he's actually a, a fellow, um, student and um, said, you know, I'll even uh, even uh, drop you off at the administration building and I'll wait for you uh, while you register for no charge. And uh, they introduce themselves. And um, I should say that uh, what's her name? It's Maria something, and I don't remember the when it when it gives her her full name. Um, but anyhow, first name's Maria. Uh, this this guy is Jorge del Blanco. And she, he kind of gives her the, a quick tour of the, of the town and saying that they're, you know, just don't walk around after dark. There's locals that like to get drunk and beat up um, out of town students. And also there's some sort of ghost around that's like walks around in silver armor at night. And so just like a, a lot of weird stuff. She's like, are you for real? And he's like, oh, that's what they say. Um, she gets to, gets to the school and, and because she's so late, um, signing up uh, she uh doesn't have a roommate uh she got like you know a last last minute room and she's just 
sitting down relaxing and, and she's she feels pretty good that she's going to make a lot of friends but of course you know all these other girls are being very nasty to behind her back um the one professor that she actually had written back and forth um with um often is professor ruiz and he uh seems to be involved in some sort of uh, weird research going on government research or clandestine research but anyhow uh he's having an argument with the um with the uh, uh, president of the of the university, and then he ends up even like taking a secret elevator down to the basement and sh having to show his ID. And he's um, talking to some strange guy in a contraption, uh, asking if he'd been out, you know, at night. People had seen him. So not sure what's going on. Not sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Um, she had had a nice relationship in in writing back and forth in the past and that was actually one of the bonuses of coming to Michigan was that Charity knew one of the professors. Um, but she's falling asleep um, in class because she keeps having these nightmares of her like prowling the, the jungles and stuff and she's in uh, Professor Ruiz's um, uh, class when she actually does uh, fall asleep and uh, he calls on her and calls her out on um, falling asleep and she wakes up with a start and screams because of the nightmare. Uh, causing, you know, of course, everyone to laugh, and um, he uh, really lays into her uh, about, you know, like, you know, maybe if you weren't up all night partying, you know, then maybe you'd be able to stay awake um, in in class. And she gets up and and runs out of the room, kind of crying. And um, this na one of the the leaders of the nasty girls, uh, so to speak, uh, her name is Tracy, and she finds uh, she she sees that Maria has left her wallet. And so she's like, Oh, look, La Senorita's lost her wallet. Like, let's, let's flush your ID down the toilet. It'll take her months to, to uh, replace. And the other girl says, Oh no, that's terrible. And they get in a big fight. So Maria's uh, in her room and trying <laughs> to work on a, on a paper. And uh, there's a knock at the door and just, a th uh, and then this Tracy just barges in and, uh, kicks the door open and says that this is where she's uh, going to room now because she was kicked out of her other room. So apparently that argument escalated with that other girl about <clears throat> throwing that ID down the toilet and she was actually kicked out of her own room. So now she's going to stay with Maria and she does hand um, Maria her, her, her wallet back. Uh, but she, you know, she takes Maria's bed and says that this is where she wants to sleep and, you know, so on and so forth. And, but Maria's so happy to see her wallet that she gives Tracy a hug and says, thank you. You know, I was, I was afraid um, when it was missing. Um, however, she does feel like, you know, now the last kind of private spot that she had uh, is no longer um, private. She's got to share room with this woman. Um, she can't sleep. Uh, she, so she decides to go out and, and jog at night. And sure enough, she meets these three uh, three guys that are drunk and uh, start um, pestering her. And um, they, they start pushing her around. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, her eyes kind of change and become um, slit. And she, uh, she seems to gain, like, muscle mass and everything else. And uh, she starts growling and... and knocking the guys around one starts running away and she starts chasing, chasing him down. And, and she, the, the captions are her thinking at like how, like 
she doesn't even care that this guy ran away. She's enjoying like this run, and there's no doubt that she's going to be able to, to to catch him. And just before she does, somebody grabs her from behind by the neck, and it's this big guy in this like silver robotic um, outfit, and it looks like the same guy that that Professor Ruiz was talking to down in the basement. And clear that this must be that silver ghost that um, everyone that the cab driver was talking about. So they start getting into it, and um, she uh, she flips uh, you know flips him over her back uh, into a tree, leaps at him, uh, still very confident, um, uh, totally different personality when she's like this, and um, he manages to kind of defend himself as as she jumps at him. He's got these tubes to each side of his um, neck, kind of like going from his head to his chest, and she pulls one out, and this gas starts coming out, and he pushes her off him, she jumps back on, and uh, he manages to to grab uh, her in a huge bear hug and and hits her on the head really hard, and um, she realizes that, that her skull should have been crushed by that blow, but she doesn't even have a headache. So she gets up um, to start looking for him, and he's disappeared. And she finds those three um, drunk guys are all tied up. Um, so she doesn't know how that happened, um, but they're they're tied up, and uh, she ends up um, changing. Now her adrenaline's um, going down, and she's changing back in into her regular form, um, and. Uh, she starts walking out of the woods where this whole fight was, and uh, somebody uh, she realized somebody must have heard um, all those noises and called the police because uh, there's uh, sirens and police cars show up and they're picking up these um, these three guys that were tied up and you know they're shouting that there was robots and werewolves and stuff like that. And of course, they're not listening to them, but Maria's walking away and just like thinking in her head, "Oh my God, what?" What am I becoming? And then that's the end of the first issue. Um, so it was pretty cool. Um, this was this was fun. Uh, Impact Comics. I read The Fly, The Comet. Uh, I don't remember what. Shield. What other one. Maybe I think Shield. Yeah, I think those were the only three. I don't think I got the web. I did. Black get my Hood's theater. really good. Yeah. Which one was? Black Hood. Oh, Black, my... I did. I got Black Hood. Yes, I did get it's Black Hood. It's one of my favorite ones, yeah. yeah. I did get Black Hood. But I never got Jaguar. Um, I never got the web. But, yeah, this was pretty This was pretty cool. I kind of wish that the whole run had been at the comic store. But I've got the first six issues anyhow. So go yeah, but the it's, same uh, as, you're the my... same as me, Rob. Those were the two I skipped as well. And I, I still <laughs> I never could get into the web uh, as much as the rest of them because it was it was more like a team a kind team, of a thing. Technical you know, was it? Like yeah. the shield. Okay. It was Wasn't the like original sh- web that was a character? Yeah, right. it was a character. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, but yeah, this was this was uh, really cool. I, I I don't know why I would have skipped this one because I mean the cover looks awesome, um, you know the concept and stuff, but yeah, I mean. You got to think also, you know, I just got out of high school at that time, was starting college and probably just, you know, my funds were limited. So I had to pick and choose what I actually wanted to get. And, um, didn't make the cut at the time, but yeah, this was pretty good. Well, that's good to know. That's one I, do, I really haven't picked up. I think I have one of the annuals 
when they're about to go into the mighty crusaders so i'm gonna have to go look for the rest of those yeah yeah if you ever get a chance to see them you know a, a dollar or whatever definitely uh i recommend it based on the first issue and uh you know i'm looking forward to reading reading the rest of these at some point yeah sounded good yep. who's next i can go um can you hear me yeah I, we can hear you okay um so there is a new uh adam's strange um deluxe edition that came out last month or so um called between two worlds and um it's got a couple different um, Adam Strange stories in it. Um, I read Adam Strange number one from um, 1990, which is a three-issue um, series. But then it's also got um, Adam Strange from 2004, which is an eight-issue series, and then um, two issues of the late 90s uh jla series um issues 21 and 21 um but this um adam strange uh the man of two worlds um from 1990 was um this is so good this is the one that the deluxe format one i love this one yeah, this I didn't really I didn't really know much about this. Um, it kind of it wasn't on my radar um, prior to this, <laughs> but um, it was written by Richard Brunning, who um, really hasn't before or since written much else. He is been involved in comics. Um, he was originally an editor and art director for Capital Comics, um, work on stuff like Nexus and Badger, and then um, he moved over to DC and um, was a design director working on Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, and other stuff, and um, started DC's Collected Editions, um, and then uh, went into freelancing in the 90s um, and did lo did the Vertigo logo and other branding um, and created um, a ton of covers for Vertigo Comics. And then in the 90s, returned as um, Senior Vice President Creative Director um, at DC. And um, he's married to Karen Berger, um, and he's um, an art director and consulting editor for her Burger Books imprint from Dark Horse. Um, so he's um, got quite a history in the comic book um, realm. And, you know, it's not something I think about often. Um, you know, there's things like your editor and your letterer and um, things like that that we know go into the comic book um process um but uh it's not something i think about a lot the art design and logo design that's not the actual penciler colorist 
etc of the inker you know of the comic itself but there are artists involved in the comics outside of that doing like graphic design and stuff and i don't think about that a lot but um it's another piece that goes into the picture um you know in a sharp logo can catch your eye sometimes as much as the rest of the cover you know um but speaking of art the kubert brothers andy and adam um are the uh are the artists on this and um and do really fantastic work um they really kind of capture the pulp um pulp origins of Adam Strange, um, which is something that Brunning's introduction talks about a bit, um, how Gardner Fox was kind of uh, drawing on Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon when he created Adam Strange. And um, he also talks about the context of when this series was actually released and um, how much reimagining of superheroes was going on in the time and particularly in the books that he was working on um watchmen and dark knight returns and um killing joke and swamp thing and you know those a lot of those um three of those books have in common is written by alan moore he actually um communicated and um worked with um and became friendly with alan moore during this time period and um so they were able to coordinate adam strange's appearances in swamp thing in the late 80s prior to the publication of this and um so um the story itself is um the sort of context that we began in is that Adam has been visiting um, the planet, um, what is it, Ran, um, frequently. Um, and the, you know, it's the um, theta beams that he uses to um to to travel there from earth um and he's has he's already in a romance with um alana um and she's the daughter of sardath um who is the scientist uh you know engineer experiment experimental guy very um, shady character yeah you know he's bald so clearly yeah um <laughs> he's very shady <laughs> um but um the theta beams take four and a half years to reach earth from ran so um he's been sending them out he had been sending them out for for years so the theta beams that Adam's using are theta beams that were sent years ago. Um, so Sardath has already sent out these higher powered theta beams that would 
allow someone to remain on RAN indefinitely. So, you know, right now, Adam, these this the beams that he's using, he eventually they eventually wear off and he fades out and returns to Earth. Well, there there are these new new quote unquote new beams coming that will soon reach Earth that Sardath sent in the past that he can supposedly use to um, stay on RAN indefinitely. And it's something he wants to do, although, you know, it it is a permanent choice, so it's a big choice. Um, and, um, you know, but he, he's going to do it um, that because Alana, for other reasons, Alana is pregnant. Um, so we have all this established in the first several pages and then, um, <laughs> a little touch of humor, which there's not a lot of it in here, but, um, after Adam fades out for the first time that we see, um, Sardath remarks that he, he hopes that, um, he apparently has put in an order for earth candy cause he's hope, hope he, uh, hope, hoping that Adam remembers his milky ways. Um, but um, Elena's got some concerns that things aren't going to work out the way that she hopes and that the data beams might be dangerous for him or something like that. And um, I guess what, you know, we, um, I guess where we see, you know, this isn't, this isn't like um, grim, dark Adam Strange or anything, but I guess where we see, um, some of the influence of the time period um, is with a bit of exploration of Adam's family life and background, where there might not have been so much of that in the past. Um, and um, that that's a little troubled. You know, he he um, was born to an uh, older father. Um, so his siblings are all a lot older to him. His older, one of his older sisters is more like a mother to him than a sister. Um, and he's got one uh, older brother who's, you know, kind of a bit of a troublemaker. Um, we we have some flashbacks where um, he's kind of, you know, he's not he's not mean to Adam. He seems to he seems to be friendly in that regard, but he, you know, he's teasing him a bit, but he seems to have some issues of his own and, and the flashback ends with him, um, telling Adam that he's got some stuff, some quote unquote things to do and he might be gone for a while and he, he doesn't want to get into any details or, you know, but we get the sense that maybe, um, you know, he's he's a little um, trouble. He's got some issues going on. Um, and we see, you know, that there's a little bit of there's some mixed feelings about Adam on Ran also, you know, um, Alana and um, her father um, are real big on him and you know he he's clearly done a lot for the planet in the past and is seen by a, as a protector by some but others are kind of there's a museum to him and you know but other there's there's definitely a significant portion of the population that sort of 
sick of Adam and think that he's, you know, he's, you know, if, if, you know, he's, he's not as great as he's made out to be. And, you know, the hype isn't real and, and all that kind of thing. Um, so, um, you know, we have some more on earth with Adam's family. Um, his father is, um, is about to pass away. Um, and, um, he, he's, he's there at the hospital with his sister. Um, we'll, meanwhile, we see that there's more unrest on, on Ran regarding, um, Adam's status and, um, Alana has an old boyfriend who works for like the peacekeeping force. Um, and he, he doesn't seem to be completely at peace with, um, the fact that she's with Adam now and, uh, and all of that. Um, and, um, on earth, Adam has some interactions with, uh, a, a nurse, um, from the hospital, they end up, uh, going out to, uh, a disco and, um, later on having a long chat. Um, there's a, there's a single splash page. Um, it's just kind of a, a small silhouette of the two of them walking on a beach, um, with a, the right side of the page is sort of a cliff face. Um, and then most of the page is just dialogue um, of Adam um, sharing about his past and his interest in archaeology and all of that. Um, and um, so there's also kind of like a, um, a rebel faction um, on Rand that we uh, get a little bit of a um, glimpse of. Um, there's a woman who turns out to be Alana's ex's current girlfriend. Although we get the impression that he'd rather be with Alana than her. Her name is Marlia. Um, she joins up with the rebels. Um, and um, so uh, eventually um, Adam is ready to head back to um, Ran uh, with the improved Theta Beam. Um, but before he gets there, um, Sardath has an interaction with the council. And uh, maybe you guys know this council, they all are, they all look like him. And there's something said at one point about him having created the counselor counselors or something like that, but they all kind of are bald. Like it's like he, he is cloned that. himself or something. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, it's not completely explained, but I got some kind of impression there. Um, but they're all like clones with them or, or something like that. But, but he is a disagreeing with them. They're expecting if Adam's going to come to their world permanently that he's just going to be like their full-time protector now and Sardath is saying no you know he's he's kind of earned his right to spend his time being a father now and um and so they kind of part in um in anger um and um the counselors are all actually kind of shocked 
afterwards because they're not used. This is, seems to be unprecedented that they would disagree with Sardath. Um, but um, Delac and Alana's ex um, shows up after Sardath's leaves and um, it's mostly just kind of like a a uh, foreshadowing of things to come with him um, and uh, and all that. So, um, and um, so finally, um, Adam picks up the the mega theta beam um, and has a real weird experience where he ends up in this. Um, the this sort of strange nightmare sequence instead of going to Ron, but he doesn't really understand that he's not on Ron right away. And um, the coloring uh, is takes kind of like a purple, purple pinkish cast to everything to kind of indicate that this is going on, um, which is nice. Um, and uh you know um it's just sardath comes off really uh really evil in this sequence um he calls his daughter a slut and um and says that you know alana is nearby and she looks like she's in bad shape and um sardath says that he um made her give birth early um but as adam's son is dead he was a mutated monstrosity and but offers to show adam what's left of him um but we see this is not what's really happening on ron we see uh the real ron they're waiting for him to arrive um and so all of a sudden Adam does really arrive, but he's still affected by this experience that he's had. So he immediately, um, you know, fights off the, the guards that are there to get to Sardath and, um, just lays into Sardath, just, uh, knocks him, knocks him down and just keeps pounding at his face until Alana has to, uh, knock Adam out with a big uh, big rock to the back of the head um, so you know one of the a bystander escapes and runs into town um, runs into Alana's uh, ex uh, tells him what's you know that Adam's gone crazy um, finally when Adam awakes he's starting to, to realize that you know he might have made a mistake that something weird is going on um but uh so adam adam escapes when um delakin uh shows up and um you know we follow adam as he's trying to figure out what the heck happened um realizes realizing finally that um you know uh that he had lost 
lost his mind and something strange had happened. Um, no pun intended, but um, the uh, issue ends with, you know, as he's doing this, he's flying off with his, his jetpack and stuff. All of a sudden something either malfunctions with his jetpack or it's the jetpack is shot or something like that explodes or something. But we see in the last panel, he's just kind of, you know, going down. Um, so that's, uh, that's the end of the issue, but you know, a little prestige format is a little longer. I tried to, to try to take too long summing up a lot happens. So, and, um, but, uh, a fantastic art, um, you know, the Kubrick brothers, like I said, they kind of, it, it's, it, you know, it doesn't, uh, it kind of melds like a, a more modern look with a pulp look. Um, you know, the coloring is, is, is muted, has kind of a muted uh, pastel tone to it. Um, you, like I, like I mentioned with the, the nightmare sort of sequence, um, made really clear by this shift in coloring, um, the, uh, the, the flashback sequence is done all in kind of sepia tones and, um, just really fantastic art, definitely deserving of a uh, deluxe edition, um, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm glad they reprinted this to put it, you know, put it on my radar so I could uh, discover it. Looking forward to reading the other two issues. Yeah, that's a that's a good series. Then you can yeah, dive into then you can dive into uh, Tom King's uh, Strange Adventures. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Tom King's Strange Adventures would be a really good read right after you read this entire trade because that one mm. goes into the Andy Diggle. Eight issue mini and the I like Adam Strange so um, he's one of my favorites because he, mostly when I was a kid I just was attracted to his costume I'm like who's this guy that's on the Justice League cover with the rocket pack like he just looks so cool to me so yeah I I always liked him but um my book is going to it, it has links to son of vulcan so it's interesting uh so there's a title called mysteries of unexplored worlds that started son of vulcan the first uh, son of vulcan and then it became son of vulcan with 49 and 50 and then with issue 51 it became thunderbolt so thunderbolt is peter cannon thunderbolt the first appearance of him is in number one. So somehow Charlton did a number one, and then they jumped all the way to 51 um, to keep the numbering of Son of Vulcan. Not sure I understand why, but uh, it probably has to do with like publication rights and stuff like that. I'm not sure, or whoever's distributing them. But uh, I have been working on my Thunderbolt, and otherwise known as Osmond. Danius or whatever his name is from the watch the watchman so thunderbolt is pretty interesting because there was there was a plague in this like monastery uh area that uh his parents went to to cure the disease and ended up dying from the disease so 
the monks and people that were there ended up raising him and teaching him the ways of these books that these mysterious books that told you how to optimize your brain and how to use how to be the peak human and use every part of your brain and become like perfect and they raised him well in the course of that there was another guy that sort of sacrificed himself for this monastery in the past and actually got burned because of it and disfigured and he's he's like this uh the hooded one so he wears like a hood and a green a green up you know hood on top and you can't see his face but he's very bitter he's a very bitter uh because of what they did you know they prom promised him stuff and they let him read some of the the books the ancient books and he actually took one of the books so peter cannon didn't get to read it but what it did is that book talked about a sorceress of the nile called princess evila well if you take evila and spell it inversely it's alive um she uses um he manipulates one of the museum curators to open up a vial of her sarcophagus and she's all mummified and this this vial actually brings her back to life and one of her first things that she does is decide well i used to rule the nile i used to rule egypt well i want to rule the world now so i'm gonna manipulate she has like this um ability to possess uh anybody that she comes into contact so make mind control ability if you will and she decides to go through the criminal empires of new york city and everything else to brainwash these and then have them make her money so she be, she can become all powerful well thunderbolt gets a, a, a you know he hears about this and uh he actually goes to destroy her and uh take her down and he he does have a hard time doing it it's interesting the way they write him um uh, because he it, it's hard to like tone in on his on what his abilities are cuz he doesn't have any superpowers he's just optimal so like when he's searching for her he's just jumping around like daredevil in new york city and he he can't sense anything he's just jumping around and just happens to run into a, a bunch of thugs and i i bet they're mind controlled because when they are mind controlled all they do is repeat her name you know evila 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 so he follows them to her you know fortress and through many many traps he he survives because he's optimal he fights crocodiles underwater and all kinds of stuff he eventually comes to confront her and what does she do well she wants to mind control him she's like i can mind control him but because he can use like his entire brain she can't she can't mind control him and she sort of he defeats her through like the mind and she eventually eventually ends up aging so instead of you know she was de-aged as she was a mummy then she goes back to like being mummified because she can't handle the fact that you know he was able to uh, fight her mind control off but it it was a really cool issue and uh 
you kind of feel sympathetic for the the hooded one because as as you read his uh backstory you're like wow they really did just like shaft him for these uh two scientists and raise the kid and give him the abilities instead of the hooded one and um it it is it is definitely to be continued and then they have a, a cool little like science uh, in the back matter that teaches you all about the atmosphere and how far the atmosphere of Earth goes, which was really cool. The other thing that this was interesting is I haven't seen too many Charlton, you know, publication notices, which tells you how many copies that they've actually sold. Yeah. And uh, this one had one, and uh, which is very unusual. And they were like in the 200,000s. I would have never, ever thought that it would be that much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, Charlton Thunderbolts and the inspiration for the Watchmen. Which one um, was this number one you, you were just revealing? Uh, 51. 51, okay. Yeah. What was the year on it? uh 1966 okay well that that makes the circulation a little more realistic it feels like because I, I i if you'd said that was like they're one of their 70s books i really would have been mind blown but yeah that's still pretty good numbers even for then you know yeah for charlton you would think yeah you know dc numbers would be a lot higher but still right. that's that's a lot of thunderbolts that were out there and that's so crazy that books used to to move that many, man. And uh, you know, they just the idea of book doing that these days would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, was got... the thing, though. Like you yeah. know, when you were a kid it, it, back then, you would go and pick up some comic books for twelve cents. Twelve cents, cents, yeah, that's what this Six... was. Twelve cents. Sixty six is right during that big superhero boom, too. Marvel. Yeah. 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 With like, I, I want to say that would have been like around when Batman's on TV and Archie's doing their superheroes and the Hollywood Thunder agents and everything. So superheroes were hot for a minute. <laughs> yeah, they were. It makes, it, 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 I was so hoping that one, one or both of my kids were going to be all into like reading comic book stories and stuff. And they, they could not care any less. Do I mean, read? I think that's well, the in norm. The, in there, I, in there. I, absolutely, Chris. I was just yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. did they read, like, the Raina Telgemeier, like, graphic novels from Scholastic or anything? Or What are those? Well, there you go. That's a no. Um, they they just, most of the stuff marketed towards kids, I think, your your age, uh, your kids' age are more like graphic novels. Because uh, well, Allie is all about, like, she likes reading Dogman. And... Sure, exactly. Yep. Wimpy Kid, or what's the other one? Captain Underpants? Captain Underpants. It's uh, Dog Man and Cat Kid, yeah. Yep. yep. <coughs> uh, I think that's normal. I think what happened with mine is um, Jack likes some superheroes, but he's the exception. I think they're more like Henry, where if they read anything, they'll read some of the kid graphic novels, then they're going to head to manga. Um I think it, the the price, affordability, affordability, access, the fact that libraries carry it at schools and in yeah. and public libraries, I think it makes a big difference. It seems I, like I, it, I, it, I it, so. it it clicks with them better too, yeah. though. Like the I think it the clicks material. with them much better because like 
you know, if if there were by why do you why why why, why do you think that is though? Like, I is don't it know because is it because you get my, more because you get more in the soap I, opera I think is that volumized? That's gotta be what it is because one, they don't have because two things that I would think would be heavy uh, obstacles would be access and price. Neither one of them are issues for the kids because I'm constantly going to um, comic book stores, and I would be more than willing to buy them comic books for anything that they'd want to read. You, you know what I mean? So it's not like they're left to their own devices trying to figure out how to, uh, you know, where to go to get a comic book and how to get the money to buy a comic Because they're freaking, exp- I mean, too, way too expensive. Like right. no 10-year-old is going to have, you know, a bunch of, you know, maybe, yeah, sure, they can get scraped together $4, but that's one comic book. But none of those are obstacles to my kids. But right. they're still not interested at all in in buying them. Well, when we grew up, we didn't have as much technology either. And that's, that's the other thing I think. So, too. so like, that, that, what would you rather do? Like, it, it put yourself in their place. Would you rather read, or would you rather see something? Like, I'd rather read, but I'm old. I know, but see, you're <laughs> in a you're in a different time period. You're you're like. It, Exactly. But like, <laughs> I'm old enough that it's like, I see the kids is like, okay, guys, you can have some, because we still limit their screen time. Uh, nine times out of 10, well, I shouldn't say that. Let's say six times out of 10. Okay. Or whatever that was well, three times out of five. Zach will watch YouTube of other people doing stuff rather than playing a video game on Like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just play the video game on your own? You'd rather watch somebody else play the video game. Like, I totally don't understand that mindset, but it's totally typical of kids their age. It's a generation thing. I mean, my kids got into YouTube really quick. But um, one thing, too, uh, about price, it's also hard to combat $4 for a comic when you can get full access to everything Shonen Jump has out for $3 a month digitally. You know what I mean? And that's thousands and thousands of chapters. So, I mean, because, I mean, Jack mostly reads on his phone mm-hmm. uh, what he doesn't get from the library. And the only stuff he gets from the library is stuff that he can't get because it's out of print or not available digitally. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, man. I don't it's know. Just, that... it's, so di- it's so different, though. Yeah. I mean, action figures, my kids collect action figures. Like, when... Uh, when I was growing up, if you told me I could have a G.I. Joe or or four G.I. Joe comics, I would have done the four G.I. Joe comics. But that's that's a me thing, too. Let, Joe, let me ask you this, too, because, you know, I think I would have went for the toy. I think I would have <laughs> went for the toy. No, I think I would have gone from for the toy, too. But my my question is, do your kids how old are your kids, Joe? So um, my eldest is uh, 15, okay. the middle one is tw- th- going to be 13, 12 now, uh, and the youngest is 10. Okay, so you've already got either, you're in it now, because like my two are 10, or you've already gone through it. Did they play with action figures? Like, with- uh, Well, y- y- yes and no. 
uh, Soph, no. Jack, maybe a little bit. Jack mostly was just about collecting them and like kind of standing them up. Mm -hmm. Henry is a little bit of a collector, but he also likes to play. So um, he's been the one who's mostly been, who's, you know, spent time playing with them. Jack would spend hours just setting them up and not having them do anything. But, um, Okay. Yeah, but Henry Henry likes to to play with toys. So See, I the... can't get like Zach he, never. Like I mean, there were some times with those like little guy. I can't remember what they're called. Imagine next. Yes, thank you. Yeah. That we would play when he was younger. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like even like once he even got to be like seven, eight, like playing with action figures, making a story, making like zero, nothing. Like it's it's baffling to me as a kid that grew up with first like star Wars, GI Joe transformers, he man, as I was starting to get old, old enough that I was getting out of it, like nonstop, like just playing with all of these toys and even making up my own stuff. Right. He he didn't do any of this. Like Allie will play with her Barbies, but like him, he, yeah, he just was not interested in, in, but he is. But I thought he does that. get into that like imagine. Uh, sorry, uh, role playing game stuff, right? He he is into the Dungeons and Dragons. He is so that's into some, that, that, that's, that's cool. That's something. Yeah. yeah. Does he does he collect them at all or he? he no. <coughs> okay. So he just has, he has no, no interest at all. Okay. No interest. Well, for, like when he was much younger, he really was into um, Transformers. Sure. Um, and I think that probably waned around the time he was six or something. So I'm saying he's quite young and we played a few times with, with, um, with the transformers, but it was very, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't often and, and it wasn't, wasn't a lot, but, um, but yeah, he, he kind of grew out of that by the time he was six, just not interested in any, any of that type of stuff at all. Yeah. I think the toys they played with most, uh, both Henry and Jack were probably, the WWE stuff. And that's just, I think, because it's so made for it. It's literally dolls, a ring, and you throw them at each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that, if you think of actual play action, I think that was the one we probably... And I would jump in on that, too, with them, like, hoo, hoo, I'm going to be Ric Flair today. And they're like, who's Ric Flair? And <laughs> this old guy, this old guy with the saggy boobs, you know? And... <laughs> and, and, and and that's that's the ones we would have the most fun with. Um, yeah. But yeah, Imagine Next I think was the nader, if you will, outside of the wrestling of probably action figures for for all of them because all of them went through an Imagine Next phase. And uh, yeah, maybe it just that once again maybe it's that price jump. Imagine Next toys, the base figures cost a, not much more than what I would have been paying for a G.I. Joe back in the 80s. Like, I think they were in that $5, $6 range. Whereas you get into uh, a Justice League toy, a Spawn toy, uh, Henry's into One Piece right now, those things are $20 and up. And I think yeah. that can make a big difference, too. And the other problem is, let's say you do get the $10 Dragon Ball toy at Target, they get broken the minute you start playing with them. Literally, they're really badly made. And so then they're not going to buy the $10 ones anymore. They get the $25 ones that don't break the minute you pose them. So right. I think I think the price uh, is a big difference, too, uh, with with action figures. Because they, they've just, they, just like everything else, they've skyrocketed. Skyrocketed, yeah. And, and, and 
especially, I mean, you're right, because whether it's comics or even action figures, like so much of it is really made now for adults collecting. <laughs> so they, they right. price it, they price it that way too. Yeah. And that's funny as someone who has uh, relapsed into buying uh, movies, I have found that movies are really funny. They're either stuff that is mass produced that's dirt cheap or super niche collectible stuff that's really expensive. And there's not much in between other than new releases. Just like yeah. everything else. Yeah. That's, yeah the way either... it is. that's the way it is with toys and everything. The mass produced stuff you could, you could get pretty cheap, but you find yeah. a figure that was very rare in the box, like Mattel or whatever, package two per per box of 50 then those are the ones that are quite expensive yeah but i think there is a disconnect from those those early toys that you play with at like five to like seven and then mm-hmm. once you're supposed to play from like seven or eight and up mm-hmm. and they just the, the price jump is huge it is you're right because yeah. like yeah, ah, you can get it you can get this hunter's imagine x sure like the blind bags those are like four bucks and they get an action figure, but yeah, once you get into that 15 plus for like any other figure at the store. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a combination of a lot of different things. Yeah, oh, you're, sure. you're absolutely right. Well, if we're still doing books, I could do a quick double set. Sure. Do it, do it. I got another one to cover too, so go ahead. All right, uh, this is going to be a double, and I'll keep it short-ish. I'll, I'll, I'll cover both of them for you. And that is uh, The Adventures of Superman, uh, 631 and 632, Casualties of War. And this is uh, Rucka. And uh, they're starting out, and Lois is, like, on site. So this is, what year was this? Oh, four. So I can't remember. I'm getting old. So too much history has happened in my lifetime. Um Oh four, we were were we uh, as a as a nation at war at that point uh, with Iraq still. I mean, we were still there. I don't think still there. Was, okay, I don't think it was active in terms of like, right. bombing and stuff. I think that. Had, but or, we would have had troops, maybe. Oh yeah, with, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's what this is dealing with. They're in. Um, they're in. What is the name of it? Umeki? And so I'm assuming that's like. Iraqi, you know, their, their, their version of the DC universe of uh, Iraqi. So um, Lois is on the ground with troops uh, and they're in a little cubby hole. They think something's going on and one of them passes out. He's like, I can't breathe and it's because he's been shot. There's snipers everywhere. So we switched to soups. He's fighting. Oh, what's the name of this guy? I already forgot his name. He's the guy who's got a yellow face and looks like it's kind of like glued onto him with a bunch of stuff coming out of the back of his head. Um, oh man, Ruin. Do you guys remember Ruin? I do not. Okay. Well, he was one. He's the baddie. So uh, he's fighting Ruin, and Ruin is going to basically distract him from the important story that's happening, and that's with uh, Lois uh, overseas. So Lois is overseas. In the line of danger, this very much reminds me, is it Batman v Superman that starts out with Lois uh, uh, talking to, like, terrorists or something, and they're 
and uh, she's like on the scene meeting with troops. I don't remember. I get those run together too, but it's it's kind of got that vibe. She's way across the world, but if you remember in the movie, the minute you know the bullet goes off, Superman's there. So um, she's with the troops. Things are not going well. Sniper's taking them out one by one. We've got like five soldiers down, one after another, and. Lois is really concerned because it's one of those situations where they're just getting picked off. She's still hidden in this little cubby hole and she can't stand seeing these soldiers suffer. We go back to Superman. He's still fighting with Ruin. And uh, it's just basically fight McFighters. And um, (laughs) it's just not super interesting because the story here is what's going on with uh, the war. So we go back and uh, Lois... It's still hidden away, and she's talking to her photographer, and she's, you know, something's got to be done. We can't just stay here all day. And one of the soldiers is moving. I need help. Please help. And she's going to go help him. The photographer's like, you can't do this. You're going to get hurt. And she's like, somebody's got to do something. Clark would understand. So fight him, fight with Ruin. And then here he hears a bang. And, of course... This is where it reminded me of the movie. In the movie, you hear the bang. Superman's there, stops the bullet, right? Well, this one, we hear the bang. Lois has been hit. And the last page of this issue is she's bleeding out. It's a big, huge mess. And Superman's too late to actually do anything. Next issue, 632, Who Shot Lois Lane? It's about time elapse. And it's going second by second. Uh, of what's happening. You've got Lois in Clark's arms. He uh, goes to the nearest army hospital. He says, please help her. You got to do the, and this is very un-Superman like, cause you've got all these people military wise who um, have been hurt, but I mean, this is Lois. So he's like, please save her. And you see him hand her off to the medics. And the S is basically disguised by the amount of blood that's covering it. So, uh, back in uh, Metropolis, Ruin is being carted away because right before the Lois was shot, uh, Clark and uh, the SCU were able to detain Ruin. Um, and Ruin's in the back of the car talking to the cops. And he's basically like, you guys are already dead. You just don't know it yet. One of those kind of things. Back to the medics. They're doing the best they can, but Lois isn't doing great. Uh, so we are at the Daily Planet. We find out that, uh, Lois has been shot. So, uh, Perry decides to call Clark. Clark's obviously not going to be there. So the person intercepting the call is the Martian Manhunter. Martian, uh, imitates Clark's voice and he's like, okay, uh, I've I've got to figure out what to do with this information. So this is the era where they would have been, um, in the watchtower and uh, John was kind of running everything telepathically. So he lets everybody know that um, we've got a a bad situation here. Lois needs our help. So back to the uh, SCU, whatever you call those like bands that keep prisoners in the back of them, uh, transport van. Of course, Ruin has killed every one of the police officers, just like he said he would. Superman at the army base, Flash shows up out of uniform, and the only reason you know it's Flash is because you see the ring. He says, we've got to get her to the watchtower as soon as possible. Uh, Batman's got everything ready. He's like, 
uh, Clark's just like one more minute um, and then we'll do what we got to do. So it's it's pretty cool. I, I really like the way this went down. They get her stabilized and uh, Superman goes and says, I've got to take her with me. And they're like, no, that's not a great idea. Superman's like, I know what I'm doing. And he takes her to the moon. Dr. Midnight is the one who operates and um, he saves her. He reinflates her lung. Lois is going to make it. And he's like, uh, thank you to the doc. And he says to Lois, I'm right here. I won't leave you. I'll never leave you again. And then fade to black. So there you go. I really like uh, how quick the Justice League got together and was like on top of the situation super fast. But at the same time, Clark did allow the doctors to get her stabilized because, you know, he wasn't going to risk anything he didn't have to. And I love that, you know, Doc Midnight is the the surgeon on hand that uh, Batman picked to do the uh, the surgery. So just very cool. Lots of appearances from uh, characters in the DCU. And I just love how, once again, like old school, it's integrated. All the stuff goes together. It's good stuff. I I like that I, you've seen that since, um, I think, also, like, when Lois, when something happens to Lois, something, like, it's not, like, just Superman, it, like, the entire DC universe, right? like, in terms of all those heroes, because of who Lois is, and, you know, that she's married, they all come together to, like, to make sure she's going to get through. It's It's really cool to see. Yeah, I, I, I love that fact about it because it's like, okay, it's very much like at where are we our most vulnerable and how do we take care of each other? And we're yes. most vulnerable through our family when you're basically the most powerful person in the world. So, yeah, yeah it's good stuff. It's really, really, I, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Greg Rucka most of the time anyway. So No, for sure. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that he, you know what was it? just a few years ago he wrote that Lois Lane um, maxi series, right? Yeah, uh, he, you know he definitely has a fondness for. Uh, for I, Lois. I thought that was fabulous too. That was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good one. All right. Well, my next one. Now, Mike, you probably are familiar with this, but I was not when I was going through these these comics. Um, they had Amera Comics number two and three so i picked them both up do you know americomics that was the, the that kind of like uh yeah, that was when the they, before they hit dc it's so yeah it's, the a, Sentinels. Exactly. it's ac it's ac comics before they called themselves ac yeah they were uh americomics comics and you're right they got permission from from charlton to print some of their unpublished material um, and some of the and some of the issues. So I'm going to cover number three here, which has a great cover by Pat Broderick of Ted Cord fighting um, what's his name Dan Garrett. Dan Garrett, yeah, on, yeah, on the cover. Um, it really really cool on the back cover. You have Eleven's um, uh, uh, just uh, centerfold, but one page um, picture of Ted Cord, Blue Beetle. Um, but yeah, everywhere that you see, you know, the, one of those stories that says Charlton Publications used by permission because Charlton still had uh, the rights, but they allowed AC to um, to publish these. I guess this particular series only went six issues, but um, but yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I didn't, I haven't seen this before. And with, so yeah, yeah but totally yeah, but they don't. Of, not all these issues have no, Charlton characters. No, like the next issue 
is the uh, Dragonfly. Of Dragonfly, yeah. Which but was Dragonfly the... was an is an AC Femforce y- yeah. character. So. Yeah, so this was kind of cool. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this uh, blue some of these Blue Beetle stories. So that's exactly what you get. You fir- the first one is uh, story and art by Rick Lovins, and it's uh, the Blue Beetle, and, and you see Ted Cord uh, right away where it jumps right into the action. He's... Um, he, he he jumps down. There's three three guys playing cards, and he kicks one and uh, punches another, and um, they're gambling. And apparently, they're using they're uh, they're using the money that they got from robbing the first federal savings and loan for their uh, for their ga- their little card game here. Um, so uh, as he's fighting uh, these two guys, the third guy is like, "I'm I'm getting out of here." He run- he, he he runs out and next thing you know he's being thrown right back into the building, uh, right back into the room. Um, hits it with his back and Ted and turns around and looks and there's Dan Garrett, the original Blue Beetle, breaking through the wall. Um, and uh, those to the two uh, other uh, bad guys uh, turn away from Ted and start shooting. Um, Dan Garrett and he's he's bulletproof, so the bullets are just bouncing off of him. Um, they run. Uh, Ted went through the other um, exit to see if he could cut them off, but they had gotten in the car by at that point, so he kind of jumps over it and and is planning on calling the bug down his you know his big uh, his big beetle that he flies around in, um, and before he can, Dan Garrett again runs right through the the wall and stands right in front of the car and as it um uh goes into him he just he picks it up grabs uh knocks the the two hoods out of the car and hits their heads together knocking them out and uh so then Dan's like okay Ted you know no word of greeting from your old friend and uh Ted can't believe that he's still that 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 Dan's alive he's like how and he's like yes I'm alive and he punches Ted right in the face knocks him down He's like, you left me to die over on, on Pago Island. And uh, you're calling yourself a hero. And he's like, well, I thought you were dead. He's like, I don't want to hear any of your excuses. Burn that uniform. I'm back. We don't need you. And uh, he flies off. So uh, Ted is now recounting. He's back at home and he's recounting this to his girlfriend named Tracy. And, uh, you know, talking about how he and Dan Garrett had been friends and roommates in college. And uh, what had happened all those years ago on Pago Island and um, basically um, that Dan sacrificed himself for Teddy, um, uh, uh, some sort of um, death ray was was about to um, hit Ted and, he, and Dan jumped into the way and and he wasn't he wasn't going to make it. And he pro- he made Ted promise that he was going to become Blue Beetle. And so uh, that's that's what he ended up do, doing. And now he's kind of like, woe is me. He's like, well, I kidded myself that I could take his place, but I don't have any superpowers or anything. And um, his girlfriend doesn't want to hear it. She's like, you're not a coward. You did all this, you know, as much as you could. And um, he's like, you know, you, you thought that if you thought there wasn't a way to save your friend, then there wasn't. That means that this guy must be some sort of um, imposter. And Ted's like, but nobody else, you know, made it out of there alive. Nobody else could know about what happened there. And, and, and this guy does. 
So she convinces him to investigate. So he puts his costume back on, starts flying over the city in his bug, and uh, tracks down exactly uh, where Dan is um, because he's figured this out. Um, Ted's a smart guy. He's already figured it out. He jumps down, and Dan says, how did you find me? And and Ted said, well, you know, I helped design you, remember? It's easy enough to uh, attune my tracker to your circuitry. And Dan says, then you know, and you see his his eyes light up yellow, and he's opening his mouth, and you can see circuitry inside of his mouth. And sure enough, he's a prototype super robot that um, Ted's um, evil uh, uncle, who had been on Pago Island, had created. Um, so he was on that island at the time, and and now he's impersonating um, uh, Dan Garrett. So they start fighting, and yes, uh, Dan Garrett's uh, bulletproof and super strong, but um, Ted has the agility, so he's kind of jumping around. Now, he, he designed a, a pistol um, to do away with um, the android, but it falls out of his holster, and he's going to kind of jump around and, and manage to avoid Dan for quite a few panels before he's able to grab the gun. He, he goes to reach for it, but just at the last second, Dan grabs his ankle and uh, rams him right into the um, side of a building. You see Dan pick up this um, this car and he's about to throw it at um, Ted Cord, where all of a sudden his bug, uh, Ted's bug, uh, nails uh, the Dan Garrett android um, with its antennas and, and basically overloads him and uh, makes Ted wonder. He's like, I, I don't know what may, how the bug ended up doing that by itself. He's like, I could have maybe maybe accidentally hit the remote controls, but I don't think I did. And then the last thing you see is like the actual Dan Garrett up in the clouds, like waving as if like somehow his spirit was able to help uh, Ted Cord. Uh, there's a second um, story uh, with Blue Beetle. Uh, this one is by uh, Leo Laney and Neil Stannard. And um, it recounts, okay, it, and it recounts um, again uh, Dan, Gar uh, Dan Garrett's um, demise and the fact that Ted Cord, um, uh, you know, took over. But you've got these uh, weird alien guys that seem like they've they're all powerful and they are um, reincarnating uh, Dan Garrett to life. And all of a sudden he wakes up in bed and it, it's kind of confusing because it seems like, well, he's always been there, but now all of a sudden he's realizing that he had been and he, he has been Dan Garrett and, and he just realizes now that he had been um, uh, the blue beetle. So anyhow, he's going to work for an analog of the FBI and their um, mission is to trade um, uh agent uh, from these bad guys for an agent of their own doing a trade and him and um, this particular lady um, are, are going to um, go together to do the um, exchange and when they get there you see that who they're exchanging is actually Ted Cord. they're um, getting Ted Cord back for this um, for this uh, bad guy agent and um, he realized uh, Ted Cord while he's standing there waiting realizes it's going to be a double cross and they're going to kill Ted and try to do away with um, Dan and the woman. 
So uh, Ted figures it out, and he uh, he jumps at at the um, guy holding the pistol to him. And just then, um, uh, the woman, Dan Garrett, and and the bad guy uh, pull up in, of course, what else? But a blue beetle, and um, they see this fight going on, and uh, Dan it gets dressed in the costume, and they start they start fighting, and um, they realize, okay, there's room enough for for two um, two beetles, and and this uh, lady agent, uh, I can't find her for her first name, but her last name is Norrell. It's Miss Norrell. Oh, Gina, name's Gina. Um, she uh, she seems to have the hots for Dan. Uh, and she she wants to know what real superheroes uh, do after battle, and he says, "Oh, I'll think of something," and that's the end of that story. <laughs> um, the last one is a is a, just a very short one. Um, with uh, I think that they've made this up. I think this is a original um, story, uh, original hero called the Shade, and uh, his name's Roger Brandt, and he is uh, he actually has. Um, He's in a wheelchair. He doesn't have um, a lower legs um, below the below the knees, but he's an artist, and so he's uh, drawing at his artboard uh, based on a photo of this uh, woman for uh, advertising. And as he's staring at the picture, the woman's face turns into this horrific image, and and her whole body begins to change, almost like a banshee or some sort of creepy apparition. And she's got blood uh, on her on her hands. And uh, so he's having some sort of vision and he all of a sudden he looks back at the paper. It's drenched in blood. It has the woman's name and an address tonight, it says. So he realizes it's a premonition and he wills himself to go into a trance and his um, his superhero aspect, which is an astral being named the Shade, comes out and um, they, they cut to this address, uh, 208 Hawthorne. And this woman uh, is asking for the negatives back and wants them now. And the shady guy is saying, Oh, you think they're going to be uh, bad for your new career, huh, Lisa? And she's like, yeah, give them to me now. Um, and on the way uh, there, the shade uh, goes past this alley and you see this, um, this guy uh, mugging this other, this other man and, and the mugger shoots him twice. And, uh, the shade realizes he's too uh, late to save that guy, but he can't uh, knock the killer out until the police arrive. And so he he gets too late to 208 Hawthorne. He get he he goes right through the wall into the building to see this woman Lisa with a knife in her hand, uh, finishing uh, killing this uh, kind of scumbag guy that obviously had incriminating pictures of her and uh he says you can stop he's dead and uh and and she's shocked to see him and and basically says you know look at what what this murder has done to your beauty and he points to the mirror and she turns around and looks and she has that like scary uh banshee like face in the mirror and um whether that's real or just what how she sees it i don't know but um but it freaks her out and and she ends up running and runs right through the window and falls to the, uh, several stories down and, and dies. No sooner does that happen, but he hears gunshots 
and he goes and and flies over and and there's an armed robbery that went went bad when the clerk um, pulled a gun. So they ended up all these all these robbers shot their way out, and the streets are full of witnesses. So they're just shoot. They're literally driving down the streets, just shooting everybody that they see. Um, the shade uh, gets there. He um, stops and becomes solid in the middle of the street, which causes the a uh, huge crash. The the car crumples up, and um, and uh, he manages to stop that. And then the last thing is that he just has to fly up as high as he can because he just hears nonstop screaming from mu- from muggings, from rapes, from murders, robberies, and suicides. And he he's he wondered how high must he go before he can't hear the screams. So I thought this one actually was pretty interesting in that he was he was tasked to to apparently prevent a murder of this scumbag who is wanting to blackmail this woman with with dirty pictures. He goes to an alley and it's too late to stop a mugging. The guy died. He gets too late. The scumbag died and he caused this woman to also fall to her death. And then he stops these robbers from going any further but not before they basically killed everyone that they saw so he's he's very very ineffectual at least in this in this particular story everyone died like everyone that he encountered died before he could do anything about it and and then he goes flying off into outer space apparently but um it looks like he's got uh, uh, he, he's continuing on in every issue there's going to be another story so i'd be interested to see what else goes on in here because yeah it was it was a little odd that like just everyone was dying that basically he came in contact Yikes. with but yeah it was it was a good i enjoyed reading this one though and yeah i had no idea about americomics but so then the of- yeah you the shade continues in the next one so you'd want to yeah, I want to, to see uh, if if he has any more success. See, the, the, on, the only the only two the only two I own are number two, uh, uh-huh. well actually number three. Sorry, number three, which is the one you talked about, and then the special edition. Uh-huh. Those okay. are the two I have, Mike. Yep, uh-huh. I have because of the because of the Charlton characters, but yep. the Same. that that shade sure sounds interesting. So it is in in number two. It's got uh, one with um. A, a creation by Jerry Ordway named The Messenger. That's it what sh- I, I was just lo- I was just looking at it and I was like, oh god, I love Jerry Ordway. And, yeah, yeah. And then it's got the shade again, <laughs> and it's got like a, a jungle. You'd like that, um, like a Jungle Girl comic named Tara. Oh yeah, she's been Tara she's on Jungle in Island. Force, yeah, yeah. And I it love, also love the, the one that I covered also had a uh, in between the two blue, uh, blue Beetle stories. It had a whole um, uh, prose uh, page of like basically the entire history of um, the Blue Beetle. That's so that cool. was interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going to work on next is the filling in the Blue Beetle. Not 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 all the way to the Golden Age because that goes back to before Charlton had the Blue Beetle. Yeah, they said but, that he's one of the first uh, heroes. Actually, they were yeah, talking yeah. about like 1939. I actually I actually own. I actually own two Fox uh, Blue Beetles. They're they're pretty old, but wow. um, I don't own like I, I still need to fill like the Charlton, Dan Garrett ones. I have I have some odds and ends of them, 
but uh, I'd like to have a complete run. And then go go to uh, do Captain Adam, and then after that, I think I'm done. Like I, I think I've completed everything. It looks like, according to our database, if you go for like a nice, a very good copy of Blue Beetle One, it should set you back less than four thousand dollars. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you can get AmeriComics number one, the first appearance of Shade with the George Perez cover for only about eight dollars. I yeah. saw that. I might, I, I might have to uh, get the rest of these series because and the George Perez cover. That is a on. that is a great cover. I like it yeah. a lot. I do like that Ordway cover for number four too, though. That's a real pretty one. Yeah, he also did the cover for number two. Yep. Ordway did. Yeah, yeah pretty cool. I, this one looks like something that I'd want to try. Not, and it also ties into Femforce, which I really like. So. Yep. It does. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, I think I dig that. I, I, I like AC Comics quite a bit. I, I find them very soap opery. Um. And well, I covered that back. one a few months ago. Yeah, you did. Yeah, ago, and that yeah. was that was good. That was really enjoyable. Yeah, you, early should, issue. you should be getting the issue two hundred or whatever. Now I'd be out. lost. I wouldn't know what's going you'd on. Jump right in, man. <laughs> it's like the olden days. You'd get right. I mean, in. you know, I read number seventeen and then go right to number two hundred. Yeah. You didn't go to one like you should have. You went to 17. 17, yeah. So jump true. in at 200. That's true. That's true. Then me and you will be the only two that are vying Femforce. <laughs> I could get number one. It looks like only about 40 bucks for Femforce. Yeah. That's not so bad. That's about what a new issue of Femforce runs in, about 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah, they're expensive. Yeah, how, how they're much are they? They're 5 dollars Five ninety nine, yeah. But they are, they do have like, I think like sixty pages or fifty four. Well, they've gone back and forth in price too, because for a while I think they were ten bucks, weren't they? Well, they alternate. They yeah. Femforce is just like yeah. every fourth month too, so like, um, you they alternate with Super Babes, they alternate with like, the Golden Age stuff, like Cauldron of something or another, like the reprints of the horror stuff and yeah so, so like a femforce 151 from 2010 cover price was 9.95 for 44 pages yeah so that yeah so the i, I mean i was joking there obviously not 40 40 bucks but it is <laughs> it, it is expensive enough that it's one of those i go well like, i mm-hmm. i think they price accordingly yeah. like in other words they say we know these people are going to buy it and right. in order to be to cut some profit, we need to charge this much. Uh, I, I oh, think no, no. that's insane. Is that Bill Black is still writing this? Yes, I know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, all these all these late issues I'm looking at, I have him on the credits. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going through. It looks like like he hasn't written every issue, but he he wrote the first issue and he's written the last several mm-hmm. issues. So yeah, that's that's a, that's a quite a run there. You know, when you're talking 1985 all the way, yeah. all the way through. Chris, do you have anything else? Um, yeah, I can. I got something I can cover real quick. Um, okay. The this was a X Men animated series trade. Um, the Not further familiar adventures. with it. Where did they have an animated series? Um, 
it, it's a secret uh, among true Jubilee fans, <laughs> which apparently you are not. Just, just to let um, you know, Rob, I loved her in the Exterminators. God, I love Jubilee. It was great. No, I, I even love that she like went supernova, like on the collector. It was awesome. Yeah, holy crap! That the, it was such a good. She, I, I'm, I'm on board with Rob's pick on Jubilee now. Like I, I totally <laughs> am a, I'm totally a fan now. Like I. Her, her, and Boom Boom could, could could make their own comic together, and I'd be in heaven. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, go on. <laughs> you totally derailed everything. So anyway, um, back, to, back to something I understand. Um, <laughs> this trade is. Um, it's actually over 400 pages and um the first 100 pages or so are all stories that appeared in spider-man magazine um and uh x-men magazine um but then um then there's 12 issues of a comic called adventures of the x-men and this was a relaunch um there had been apparently there'd been a comic that was a tie-in to the show Mm -hmm. that started off just recapping episodes and then had some original stories. And then when the show ended, they relaunched as Adventures of the X-Men and it lasted 12 issues. Um, And I think they were all written by Ralph Macchio um, with different... Karate Kid. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is in between, you know, those those ish, those movies and um, the new TV show. So you know. Oh, I still have to, to get do. this one. That that number one is that the one you're covering? Yeah. Oh my God, that covers so '90s. I love it. I love everything about it. It has Wolverine so attacking is... the Hulk. So all joking aside, do you think they called it that because they wanted to cash in on the fact that the Batman Adventures comic that covered its cartoon did so well? Um, well, I think the preceding, I think yes, but and also the preceding comic was called X-Men Adventures, I think. Okay. It was, yeah. So they had already done that. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, they had already done that, and we're just continuing to do more of that. Um, but yeah, probably. Um, well, this was a ninety-nine cent first issue. Yeah, it's very nineties, um, just as the show was. Um, the issues are all written by Ralph Macchio. Macchio. Um, different pencilers and artists this one is someone named ben herrera and with an inker but inks by mike christian um but when you include all the short story short stories from the spider-man magazine i think this overall correct collection has something like 15 pencilers and 10 anchors, five writers, you know, it's a really long credits page for the collection. But this is part one of a story called The Green Revolution. And um, the title kind of spoils the ending. It's called Bring Us a Leader. 
Um, and yeah, it's fine. Um, it starts off Hulk explodes into um, a campsite where Logan is hanging out. Um, and they fight and I guess because this is kids, Wolverine is constantly laying into the Hulk um, with his claws to a no visible effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's just tons of exposition in a kind of amusing way, um, including in thought bubbles. Um, you know, like Wolverine thinking to himself, got to be careful not to do any permanent damage. The Hulk's really Dr. Bruce Banner, an innocent scientist transformed into a raging beast by gamma radiation. Um, he's not responsible for the Hulk's actions. Um, you know, kind of thoughts you usually have in the midst of a, of a, a life-threatening uh, battle. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, so they fight for like four pages and then X Factor, 90s X Factor, um, issue 71 and forward, I think, <laughs> um, show up. Uh, so it's Havoc and Polaris and um, Wild Child. Um, they are like the government task force deal um but they're actually going after hulk um because of reasons um i kind of forget i don't think they they say later on why they're actually i think just because he's a public menace or whatever and um their powers are considered um useful in taking him in and um wolverine and havoc you know have Wolverine lays into havoc for for what he's doing, uh, working for the government and stuff like that, and going against his own kind, according to Wolverine, anyway. I'm and sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Siri thought yeah. uh, I accidentally tapped wrong on my iPad, and Siri <laughs> thought I was talking to her. I'm like, I don't, under- I don't understand Bobby. your comic book recap. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. So we have more fighting, uh, having a Polaris taking down Hulk while Wild Child distracts Wolverine. Ultimately, the three members of X Force surprisingly take down both Hulk and Wolverine. Uh, something I would not have expected to them to be able to do, and they put them in these omnium. Um, big metal harness thingies that, you know, with the covering their hands and they're, they're real good locked up. Um, and, um, they take them back to this, uh, military base called Hulkbuster base. Um, it's right outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico, Mike. I don't know if you visited it. There, there you um, go. um, and Major Talbot and Val Cooper come out. Um, so anyway, yeah, they, they transfer the prisoners. They go in to check in with General Ross. Uh, and the room, his office is dark, and he's just staring uh, blankly uh, ahead. And 
Talbot tries to talk to him and he doesn't respond. Someone off panel says the good general has little to say at this time. It is I who shall conduct the debriefing. And uh, we don't get to see who that is yet. Um, but Wolverine breaks loose, um, does the old uh, pop two claws and not the middle one under someone's uh, chin to get some information out of one of the guards. And he puts, uh, he switches into one of their uniforms, <clears throat> is able to contact Storm, tell her what happened, tell her he needs help getting out of there, and then falls into line um, with some other guys who are heading to where Hulk is. Because even though they were fighting um, when this all started, he's not... Uh, He's not happy with how Hulk's being treated and uh, doesn't want Hulk to be stuck in this situation any more than he wanted to be. Um, and uh, I, I will say one detail I did like is that when he's, you know, pretending to be a guard and stuff, the guard um, is convinced, but he does tell him to uh, ditch his sideburns pronto, that uh, those lamb chocks aren't regulation around this base. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that they didn't just ignore the fact that Wolverine uh, doesn't really look like a soldier, um, despite the fact that he's wearing one of their uniforms. <laughs> <clears throat> so he does um, find Wolverine and uh, wreak havoc. Or, I mean, Wolverine finds Hulk. Um, he's like trussed up in some inside some kind of huge machine, um, and um, you know he Wolverine just doesn't want him to be uh the situation reminds him of his past and the weapon x program and stuff he doesn't want him um you know uh to go through that anybody to go through that so he wrecks havoc uh it seems like he's going to be successful um and um but then the wall explodes and somebody says Excellent. General, General Ross's directions delivered under hypnotic suggestion were flawless. The behemoth awaits within. And uh, the final page is a splash page, and we see it is the leader. Uh, men call me the leader, and I have come for the Incredible Hulk. And, um, yeah, so they kind of kind of tease that uh, by the title of the issue, but it's Part two to come in issue two. Um, it, it was okay. You know, uh, <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, I totally want it. I liked your recap. I mean, maybe it made me want to read it. <laughs> you know, it, it was fine. Um, it looks like the story's wrapped up in this next issue. And then Spider-Man guest stars in the third. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting that they chose to, maybe because it was a continuation. Um, but it's interesting that they started off with just like a mostly Hulk and Wolverine story. And for, for, you know, there wasn't much about it that couldn't have been in the regular Marvel continuity, um, which there's nothing wrong with that, but um, it's, uh, you know, from, from reading a review of the trade, it does sound like the, um, before the 12 issues are up that the series does kind of go an interesting place and 
Ralph Macchio reads a um, kind of writes an ending for the animated series, um, and it seems like he had more creative freedom as as the series went on and did some more interesting things towards the end. But um, the art wasn't really too much to my taste. It was, you know, uh, I don't mind the I ninety style by the guys that sort of are um, good at it. Yeah, and and pioneered it, and right. the names that you already know. But there were so many imitators at that time that just that fascinated just don't, by the imitators. Don't really have it. <laughs> they put I, a lot always... of them on the ninety-nine cent trials, which failed at Marvel, which I can't get because you think you want to advertise cheaper price points, but there, you know, they tried that ninety-nine cent experiment and it didn't work. But uh, I yeah. I find that, that ninety nine cent Spidey was good. Yeah, I like I I'm missing this. I have all of the other stuff. Um, maybe I don't have yeah. everything of Untold Tales of Spider Man, whichever the Kurt Busick one is. But I have yeah. everything else. I didn't know this one existed, so I I didn't I either. I thought the X Men one was like Professor Xavier in the X Men. Yeah, it it, it it is that one, but this okay. one isn't. I didn't know it existed because that's the yeah, one me I either. thought. Yeah. yeah. So I have a couple of thoughts and slash comments. One, I have a soft spot for Wild Child. So the minute you mentioned him, I think I got interested because being <laughs> a big Alpha Flights kid, I'm like, oh, sweet Wild Child. Um, <laughs> two, the, the, the gathering of Ross... Talbot and Cooper and I'm like thinking just throw Gyrick in there and you can start like a uh, <laughs> like an Illuminati start uh, set up a bureaucrats call them like the red tape or something I you know what? that would be a really good idea in a real in the well, they were they were Gyrick away from like just about being the big ones you know yeah <laughs> and um and then the last thing is the Papa Claw as soon as you said it in my head I'm thinking about how you always think of like we've been doing a lot of uh, uh, the Shaw Brothers movies here, which I always have, and we've been watching Dragon Ball, which you always have the intense like training things. And like, mm-hmm. how many times did he practice not popping that middle claw, and how many people <laughs> did he accidentally go through <laughs> their face before he perfected it? You know, I could see he tries it on like uh, mannequins, then a beer can, and then you know, oops, I actually killed that uh, that guy. Whoops, you know. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm sure that would had to be hard to figure out. So anyway, that was good. Even if it was mediocre, it, it came across as fun. So that's cool. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Talbot does commend X Factor as um, as you know, good good members of their race, so to speak. You know, just to kind of veiled. Um, that's because uh, they're government sponsored race, racism or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, those uh, are the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the, you're the, you're the good ones and right. or he says something like Vale and I were just talking about how you're the good ones and she's like I don't think I put it exactly that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. cool. Well, I just have one I want to cover, which is the most important comic book in history, Action yeah. Comics number one. So I, I was listening. Uh, I was listening. That? I was listening to Rob Servations, and he was talking about, you know, in 11 years or so, um, Action Comics goes into the public domain. This version of Superman, like, you can't just say, I want to do Death of Superman version or his S in this particular 
and in this in this time frame the s isn't even almost recognizable it, it looks like a triangle uh, right. inside an s inside of a triangle but uh th this comic book is just absolutely i read the uh the, the facsimile that just came out <coughs> and do you uh, reckon that's why they got it published is because it's going to hit public domain and they can get some money out of it one more go well there might um this uh this is just a fascinating story in terms of history because right one of the first things that he does is there's a woman on death row i i found it so interesting a woman is on death row and he say he saves her you know proves that she's innocent from killing somebody so he saves her from death row he gets uh involved in he takes lois dancing which is cool enough and then this big old mobster guy says oh i want to cut in and uh clark is gonna let him cut in but and lois is like hell with it you know she's a strong woman i ain't gonna dance with you you freak and right. uh she takes off well this guy isn't gonna let his manhood be threatened like that so he follows her and uh superman has to come to the day and that's when you see him smash the green car in that iconic looking uh style that you see and then he gets involved in politics which is is super fascinating to me and uh i i just loved every bit of it like i thought it it's it it just goes to show that like Superman was pretty sophisticated coming out the gate. Like you know there were people dying and death row and all kinds of stuff. Uh, there was people forcing themselves on women. I mean there was I mean this is you know an old comic book and it still holds up today. Uh, it has a cool western about Chuck Dawson. He's basically getting revenge for somebody that that killed his father, which is a black and white Western. It, it, that wants to be continued. So it leaves you on a cliffhanger. He just breaks out of jail. The Zatara one is awesome because, you know, that's, that's Zatanna's father. And he, he does all that backwards mumbo jumbo, just like his daughter. And Tigress is the villain. And one thing I love about it is Tigress is a female, and he still doesn't like he, he, he she holds her own against him in this entire thing where she's robbing trains she has a bunch of henchmen that's working with her where the henchmen get on the train they throw out all the goods and then a car comes and picks up all the goods and Zatara's trying to break that up and uh of course uh tigress gets away um love that story that story was was pretty amazing um, there's a prose, there's Sticky Mitt Stimson, which is a guy who steals apples and he has to run from cops. <laughs> um, there's a Adventures of Marco Polo, where Marco Polo and his father are actually um, told by the Pope they have to go perform some kind of mission. There's Pat Morgan, who's, who's a boxer that uh, won't fall down, and there's a, a, a doctor that gets another fighter that's injecting him during the fight because he has a hyperdermic needle on, on his glove. It, it's crazy. It's just very fascinating. There's a reporter named Scoop Scallion, a five-star reporter who teams up with the cops to take down a criminal organization. 
and Tex Thompson, who goes to Europe, and he's a cowboy, and uh, he gets framed for murder, even though he didn't commit the murder by a female that's working with these criminals, and I, I God, this this comic book was just, it took me forever to read. Oh, it's yeah, so, it's I read so it recently dense. too, Mike. It, it, about it takes forever. 40 minutes, and um, yeah. I I enjoy everything in it. You talk about an anthology, you know. I enjoyed everything I, on it. I I'm was so pretty stoked. glad that that they that they reprinted. Because how many times? Let's be honest. How many times have we all read that the Superman story from Action Number One? Because it just keeps re, getting reprinted over and I, over. Yeah. I was but, I was gonna say that's probably my most read story between. <laughs> Between getting um, the like reprint in the 80s from Superman Peanut Butter and the Superman from the 30s to the 70s, you know, reading that over and over again, I've probably read that story more than any other story outside of maybe like I don't know GI Joe 26 or something. I was that, so that, happy that's why that I wanted that I wanted this yeah. facsimile edition um, because yeah, I've read this story in many trades and hardcovers for sure. And uh, this, reading it in context was really cool. That's why I really wanted them to put out that detective comics pre Batman. I was just gonna say this, yeah. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. Remember, so they were supposed to do the omnibus, right? Yeah. Uh, one through twenty-six. And then and they I, I understand why they don't because of the art, but these are historical like pieces of. It, it's how races are represented. It, that that causes oh my god uh, political like we can't put this out because this isn't isn't the face of DC but it was the face of DC many 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 years ago but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't DC it was unfortunately across the, society, the board was the, the it, yeah it was 30s, across the, the board 40s. yeah yeah so we'll I, never that, see that them outside of PSR PS outside of PSR books we probably will not see books like that probably not. That Starman that I read recently, like it is like just rife with just very obviously outdated ways of of thinking and stuff. But you know, yeah, it was nineteen forty one. You know what I mean? I mean, people are going to be sitting here in in seventy years shocked about the stuff that we're talking just, about right now. Is but you 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 have to understand the past to fix the future. So right, I mean, it, yeah. it's just. It's a shame that it's that way, you know. Mm -hmm. Like the Spirit comics, the Spirit comics were the same way with Ebony White. I mean, that caused Mm -hmm. a lot of controversy, but they were that a product of their time. And and you know what? Like it or like it or not, we're not we're not perfect either. And and no, we're not. And no, we're 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 far from it. Yeah, far from it. So one thing I, I, I want to say, I, I feel like I must have covered this with Jack on my show or something, but because um, this is like feeling very deja vu-esque. But uh, <laughs> the the two things about the woman on death row, A, I love that he, he, he the woman who actually commits the murder, he leaves tied up on the lawn. And B, <laughs> and B the other thing, I love that the butler's like, you can't see the governor, it's late at night. And then he's like, ha ha, showed you. And it's like, he has like a <laughs> vault door like it would be on like, um, like at a bank. He yeah, yeah. In his bedroom. 
he does not like to be disturbed when he's asleep. Right? I love that. <laughs> I love that story. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, right, so it, ma- it makes me want to dig out my Golden Age Superman Volume 1 and just just dive in. I just can't get into that room. <laughs> I, I have... You got, you got that vault door on there. I have that the vault door, which it. I don't have the combo. It's crazy. <laughs> Maybe you can throw. Maybe you can throw Barb into the room. I can maybe do Harley if she knew what to do. Oh, <laughs> uh, too funny! Well, this was this was fun. I'm glad all four of us got together. Yeah, it's been a milestone. We haven't had this in a long time. Yeah. All we needed was Kirk, and then we would have had everybody. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad everybody seems to be doing better. Chris is over his cold. I'm getting over my cold. Thanks to the mute button, I'm able to like cough my cough away over here. But uh, everybody sounds good. Oh yeah. So I'm doing uh, great. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can reach Chris at MythMakingETC, me at Mike Myers Brunch, Rob at Rob Krieger. And Joe at Iowa's Joe and on Twitter. And uh, find us at geekbrunchpodcast.com and also on Facebook at Geek Brunch Podcast. Click the like button, follow the episode threads there. And hopefully we'll be back in two weeks. Sounds great. All right, you guys. You guys hey. have a good Sunday. Yeah, you good too. talking to you guys. Right. Yeah, you Take too. Care. Take Happy care. Happy Sunday. Bye. Bye-bye.